I come from the net. Through systems, peoples, and cities, to this place. Mainframe. My format, Guardian. To mend and defend. To defend my newfound friends, their hopes and dreams. To defend them from their enemies. lives outside the net and inputs games for pleasure. No one knows for sure, but I intend to find out. Reboot! Alright, well just let me do the talking. Well, okay? I feel like you gotta at least talk with a southern accent. Oh, I'm not gonna talk in a southern accent. It's bad enough that you wore this stupid disguise. But we're oil men. We would have southern accents. Yeah, but we don't need bolo ties and stupid yes, hats. Yes, we do. She's oh, gonna pick up. Hello, ma'am. Oh, what a lovely house dress. Yeah, well, you're looking all sorts of good. And now, you seem like a sweet, sophisticated, nice, busy young lady, so we're not gonna waste your time today. Nah, we're just a couple old men in from Dallas, and, well, <laughs> we're itching like a hound to give you a something you want. Well, my <clears throat> associate is trying to say is that we're here to offer your community a much-needed Hell yeah, we want to fill you up. If and you were so inclined as to let us. Please let me do the talking. Please let me. No. Now, we ain't gonna take no for an answer now, you hear, okay? So don't be making me sick my associate on you here, all right? <laughs> he don't take kindly to know. So, can I fill you up or what? Yep. You best get to stepping, because Johnny Laws are coming. Yeah, you might want to start driving, because she called the cops on us. Why is he talking like that? What wild card over here decided to lose his mind? I say, I say, that's just damn preposterous, boy. Well, now you're just talking like Foghorn Leghorn. I hate P2. <laughs> hey now, everybody. Barry Don Myers here. Welcome to Retro Fandango, episode number 37. Hold on I'm now. here with my co-host, Player 2? Wait, what's going on? Something's wrong what show here. Am I on? Something doesn't sound right. <laughs> I, uh, I don't feel classy enough to pull off the whole Ram box look, so uh, we're going to have to do a Cartridge Club episode. Oh. <laughs> Just pull off the voice. Just, like, uh, hate Adam Sandler. Uh, L'Amour Lapine. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Sound good. Yeah, no, what going, is it? This is... Oh, good, good. How's it going with you? Good, thanks. Good. Hey, what right. is this? Episode 31? One. 31, wow. Yeah, you guys are in the 30s, man. 
Man, 31 months. That's <sighs> insanity. It's old age time now. <laughs> it's all downhill from here. Yeah, <laughs> I'm getting you. grayer, there's no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, uh, this, yeah, this is uh, episode 31 of the Cartridge Club. Uh, player 2 is just being clever with his... Uh, Music choices. And look, Rambox is on Skype right now. I know. I tried to add him earlier, but I didn't get anything. All right. Well, <laughs> we'll leave him alone. He's All probably right. like a zombie right now. Probably. Like he normally is at this thing. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> yeah. So I guess we're talking Alan Wake. Um, but yeah. uh, first we got like, you know, the guests that we usually do. Do I have to do the whole cartridge club? Like this is a book club for... Um, this is I the hair know. club for men. No, I think people know. This people is a book know, club right? for video games, right. yeah. CartridgeClub.org. That's it. There you go. <laughs> See, that's all you need to know. That's so it. I got some guests, so let me introduce the guests. Well, I, I'm here. Buried yes, on Mars is here. Yes. Who should Man, I introduce first? The legend. Um, it is, who's, the, who's the weakest link? Weakest? We'll get them out of the way first. You must okay, get my introduction Hobbit. in now, then. <laughs> Musty Hobbit <laughs> is here. Hey, Musty. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me on. How's uh, you're in like the Chicago area, right? Uh, I'm uh, I'm about four hours west in 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 uh, in Iowa. Close enough. Close that, enough. Yeah. Yeah. Close <laughs> enough to, or far away enough to, not have the excuse that you're a, a hometown fan, and that's sure. why you like the Cubs, right? Like, you could pick I've, another team, right? No, I can't. It's not <laughs> going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> all right well uh, my whole life what's that you've been a cubs fan your whole life whole life yeah so you just you're just gonna ride this thing out. <laughs> no going back no. Yeah, you sound like all the leaf fans here in toronto oh oh my <laughs> shots fired yeah i get i get, I get the blackhawks as well so there's there's a, at least a little bit of success once in a while there you go. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I guess the Blackhawks win a, a cup once in a while. Right? Are you more of a hockey fan than a baseball fan? Uh, I like them equally. Wow. But okay. I've I've attended more baseball than I have hockey. Wow. There's more games, and they're of cheaper, course. right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. All right. Very well, there's a sports talk section for you. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a cartridge club first. Yeah. <laughs> uh, moving on, we got uh, Sarka Sim from Cockney Gaming. And my wife. <laughs> Most importantly. What's it like upstairs? Is it a lot warmer than it is down here in the basement? It definitely is. Oh, that's it good. definitely is, yes. Yeah. Nice. She uh -oh. gets the privileged upstairs. That's nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, you might hear her laughter echoing through my microphone at some point. It just happens. She's got the big, my, boisterous my, laugh. That... My, my apologies. <laughs> no, that's good. It's good. <laughs> But it's like good. It. It's good that she's an easy laugh because that means that'll this podcast will be just that much easier. Bingo. <laughs> we needed it. <laughs> All right. And I guess we'll pause here for an edit because our yep. third guest just Dropped fell out. off. Dropped out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, well, we could talk about uh, Sarah's blog. I was just sure. read that about the Barry Game Exchange. Made me jealous. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I was I already you, jealous. You, you need to move to Ontario, I guess. I do. I do. At least yeah. temporarily. Oh, I'm so jealous. Yeah, we're going to have got to the, the, the Waterloo Game Swap is going to be May 29th. And then there's going to be the Durham Game Swap on June 5th, which will be new. So I'm not sure how that one will be. but And then there'll be another Barry one in August. And then another yeah. uh, games, uh, Waterloo Game Swap. 
probably in September-ish. Okay. Then in October, there's going to be the Subbury Game Expo, I think it's called. Wow, you guys got tons. It's, nor- yeah. it's called the nor- it's- Northern, Northern Game Expo, I believe. I th- yeah, I think so. Awesome. I yeah. like it. I like it. There's right. almost no reason to go buy games any other time, right? Yeah. Well, you know, like like I've been saying for so long, like retro video games here, it's just the prices have gone so insane. You know, $50 for Contra, $110 for, for Super Metroid. It's just ridiculous. And How much for Super Metroid? $110. <laughs> that's I went, that's absurd. That's still... And- and the the one, but there was there was two. They had two copies of it in the store. One was one hundred and ten bucks, and the other one was one hundred and twenty dollars because the label was mint. Oh my gosh! Wow, worth it, worth it. I think, yeah. I, I you know, I bought mine for well, mine is still my original copy from back in the day. But even when it was brand new, it was fifty dollars. Wow. Yeah, I remember that. I remember buying brand new Super Nintendo games for ninety nine ninety nine. It's insanity. Yeah. Oh yeah. Back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. That's. Anyway, our boy Sexy Ben is here now. So sorry about that. My internet has been a little bit iffy lately, so if no at any worries. point throughout the podcast I drop out, um, just edit me out later. I don't want to stop the flow of it. Don't you worry, we will. <laughs> yeah, we are ready. Just going when you drop. Yeah, no. For some reason, my internet has just been the same thing. We recorded a Rad Rascals uh, two days ago, and the same thing nice. was happening. Mm. So yeah, apologies in advance if that uh, if I'm inconsistent. You know, I don't think, I think we've been at this for so long now, like crappy connections and drop calls. It just doesn't phase us anymore. Yeah, we don't care. (laughs) You're professionals. You're professionals. You know what you're doing. That's right. Well, I'm not stretching it a bit, but. (laughs) Compared to me, anyway, that's for. We're darn good amateurs. That's right. That's right. There we go. So, anyway, yeah, let's, uh, you want to commence? Yes, definitely. Let's. Yeah, I thought we were convincing. <laughs> Sorry. We well, are you gonna? Who wants to introduce Ben? You want me to introduce Ben? I do. All right, this sexy Ben from uh, from a numerous thing. You're from well, you're from Twitter mostly. I mean, that's how we keep up to date with you all the time. He's big Twitter. Yeah, and you have my condolences for that. Oh no, no, you're one of my favorite uh, yeah. twatters. Yeah, nobody <laughs> like, twats like Ben. I feel, I feel so regal. I'm a, I'm a twatter. Yes. <laughs> yeah, very regal. You you and uh, and Lost from the uh, from the other podcast. Okay, I'm blanking on the name. Retroholics. Retroholics. Yeah, you guys always post like the funniest pictures all the time. Yeah, we we really do enjoy our back and forth when we go on those Twitter rampages with often not safe for work animated gifs. I think our mutual <laughs> followers they either they either love us or they run away as fast as they can. <laughs> I, I love it. All the, the penis picks and everything. It's stuff. Penis picks are my stock and trade. Oh my! That explains the camera right now. Then, yeah. If my camera if my camera was on, you would not be a happy camper. <laughs> well, Ben, you're you're a notorious, uh, huge, big time podcast. You're on the the Rad Rascals and uh, All Gen Gamers, which uh, I guess All Gen Gamers are taking a little bit of a hiatus right now. We haven't seen anything new from you guys for for a while. 
Yeah, I think our last episode was in November. Um, we do want to get back to recording again, and we've made no secret of it. I mean, we've been on hiatus more because the schedules just aren't really aligning. Yeah. And it's hard to get us in the same room. I mean, you know the challenge with having multiple people across multiple oh, yeah. time zones. So definitely. That's, that's kind of where we're at now, but we definitely do want to get back to recording. And a lot of people have been asking. I get almost every day people going, you know, where's all Gen Gamers? So we do hope to get back into doing that soon. Um, but in the meantime, I do have my other podcast, which is The Rad Rascals, which uh, it's a completely different beast. It's just myself and uh, the man who needs no introduction andy <laughs> name speaks for itself exactly he's uh the cheeky brit as i like to call him but uh yeah we've been doing the podcast for about four years and we love it i mean it's just two guys getting together uh as the brits would say having an old chin wag <laughs> over uh, over video games love it love it love that podcast mm-hmm. i've heard every episode and i gotta tell you it's actually it's actually gotten cleaner as time has gone on, I was shocked. It's actually we, we uh, learned our craft. That's why. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's gotten a lot uh, more PG. I'm guessing because of uh, Andy's new little bundle of joy. There is probably a big influence on that. Yeah, <laughs> but it'll the episode will start off PG when we're trying to be prim and <laughs> watch true. language. And about ten minutes in, that's when we drop all pretenses and the, the, a, the penis the penis jokes and the profanity. <laughs> that's a good point. It's a good point. <laughs> it's not a podcast for everyone, and certainly the length, no pun intended, always seems to kind of turn people off. But uh, you know what? We love what we do, and that's the thing about podcasting. So, yeah, guys, I mean, I've been a fan of the Cartridge Club for quite a while, too. So, I mean, it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. Well, last episode you were on, what was it? Was it Dark Souls 2, I think you were on? I believe I got a lot of shit for that because I'm not good at Dark Souls. So. <laughs> I love that you were on that episode, though. It was great. That pissed Andy off so much. He's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You were on a podcast about Dark Souls? I know. He always calls you out for it, too. It's so funny. Hey, that is Dark Souls. Can we just clear up that big misconception that you... The only, like, you have to be, like, a, a person who completes all your games and you're, and you're the best at the games to, A, be on the podcast and, B, to even be part of the Cartridge Club. Like, That's right. Look at people. You don't have to be a gaming expert, you know? <laughs> Whatever your skill level's at. Like, we just had a person playing Alan Wake uh, this month, and she quit at uh, during episode two because the game got too scary. <laughs> so what? Like, nobody's here judging you, saying, like, oh, well, you're a horrible person. Who could that have been? There's no way I'm letting them on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> keep keep them far away as possible, you know. But you're very right. I mean, the thing about Dark Souls, it's kind of one of those games that it appeals to a certain kind of gamer, and we're not all like that. I mean, I know in my case, I like what the games offer in terms of style and you know graphics and the world and the lore and everything, but I just suck at playing them. <laughs> Yeah. So I, did, I will never get far in them, but I'll always appreciate them. So yeah, you can talk about it. You don't have to be a seasoned expert by any stretch. Yeah, I was. I mean, I was on a Mega Man podcast for uh, episode three. I think I'm horrible at Mega Man. Was that episode three? <laughs> yeah, that was episode three, man. <laughs> or four. Man, it's been a while. It was Holy early. God. It was the early one. It was. You guys started in September, and I think that was the December episode. Okay. So. Was that Mega Man Xmas? Was that the one? Yes. There, there you go. Gotcha. Yeah. Wow. I did finish that game. I could finish that Mega Man game, but the nice, the six, eight bit ones. Oh my god. Well, at least you didn't get stuck on Chill Penguin, like. Uh... Was it vintage? Like vintage, yeah. yeah. <laughs> sad man. That that is sad. I'll, I will admit. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, as you've probably heard, because I'm sure we've said it a few times, this month we have been playing Alan Wake. Um, that's been the game of the month. If you're interested in doing something like this, get over to cartridgeclub.org. We have forums there where we can discuss the game and tell everybody how you're doing and get some hints along the way. It's a fun time. Um, but yeah, this month was a scary month. Uh, as you said, uh, some people just couldn't complete it because it is that scary. Mm. Um, yeah, I definitely had a few scares myself. 
So, what Alan Wake is, it's a third-person shooter, um, I guess the best, with psychological horror themes to it. Um, it was released in May of 2010 on the Xbox 360, where it actually remained an exclusive, and it still really is a console exclusive. Um, it ended up coming out on the PC later, but definitely a big win for the Xbox 360, I think. Um, yeah, it was created by Remedy, Remedy Entertainment. Mm-hmm. Probably more popularly known for um, Max Payne, I believe they That's did. That's right. Mm-hmm. Did they do anything else? Max Payne 2. Max Payne 2. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're a very uh, slow developer. They take yeah. their time with their games and they craft them. Gotcha. That's why yeah. they're so good. There was a, what was coming out recent, or is it Quantum Break? Quantum, Quantum Break. That's right, yeah. yeah. Uh, is that which, I'm, which I'm really looking forward to. That's coming out in two weeks. Two weeks. Okay, wow. That's yep. close. Oh, yeah. Good Good timing. Um, yeah. There's a bullet in their logo. So I thought, I'm probably not going to like these guys. I'm not a big bullet guy. But, uh, <laughs> but I'm happy it didn't turn me away because actually, anyway, I like the game a lot. But yeah, um, that's, that's Alan Wake. It's a scary third-person shooter. This was my first time playing it. Um, I was extremely pleased with it. Um, I was a little uh, shocked that I hadn't played it before, and uh, I kind of owe a lot of it to Kevin. Kevin. Yes, me. Oh, it all were, to me. Uh, the big reason we were playing this game this month. So why don't yeah. you tell us your first experience with it? Uh, well, the first time I played it, I, according to my uh, achievements on the Xbox, was uh, 2012, so I was a little bit late getting to it, because I think it came out in 2010. Yeah, 2010, and, yeah. And I remember picking up the game for like 10 or $15 about six months after it was released. Wow. Because uh, it tanked pretty bad in the sales. It did not um, take off. Wow. And it wasn't until, you know, much later when it started getting steam and people started saying, like, this is like a really good game and that. So it was like a bit of a sleeper hit. Yeah. So I had this game in my collection for a long time and people kept saying how good it was. So I finally sat down and played it. And... Uh, the first time I played it, I thought it was really good, but I didn't exactly love it. And I played, I think it was partly because I played it on normal. And I, I believe me, I'm not, like I just said, I'm, not, I'm horrible at Mega Man games and that. I'm not terrific at games, but I thought the game was a little too easy for me. Mm-hmm. Um, this time, I played it on nightmare mode, and awesome. that was a lot more in my wheelhouse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely I definitely uh, uh, yeah i really i really enjoyed like the the ai uh took a, a step up in uh trying to trying to mess with you and stuff so wow. we'll get into that a little bit later but yeah i really enjoyed it I, I i would say i loved it this time wow right on yeah i yeah. i also played on normal um I, I can see what you're saying i found it a little easy and i'm not used to third person shooters um if you're experienced with it i'm sure that you would have just blown through it with a few cheap deaths here and there, which I'm sure we'll get into, but um, yeah, I can see where Nightmare would be the real experience to play at. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Um, how about uh, Sarah? Was this your first time playing it? No, it's my second. Okay, it's did my you, second. Did you play through it all the first time? I did. This all was right. the first game that I completed wow. of its caliber on my own. Wow, right any, on. <laughs> any well done. That's impressive. And, and the first time I played it, it was uh, January uh, 2013. I okay. finished, it was, I think, the third week of February 2013. And nice. it was one of those games where I didn't know anything about it going in. But I remember I was shopping with Kevin, 
we were at an EB Games, and you know how they have those monitors where they play trailers all the time, and they played a trailer of Alan Wake, and I was fixated. I'm like, Kevin, what <laughs> is this game? Like, <laughs> it is unique. You're right. It it played like um, it played like a mystery, psychological thriller, right. uh, a movie, and. I was like fixated immediately and I was like, what is this game? And Kim was like, oh, well, I have that game. You should buy it. <laughs> nice. and I, but, but it looked scary and I was like, I don't know. I think I'll be too scared. But um, that, that was probably a year and a half before I'd even thought of playing the game. And then since then, I had played um, Silent Hill Shattered Memories on uh-huh. the, uh, was it the PSP? Kevin, I think. Uh, yes. It, yeah. Oh, it scared the crap out of me. It sort of <laughs> gave me an appetite for these, uh, you know, psychological thriller games. You know, yeah. survivor horror games. Yeah. And um, so I finished that game, and Kevin and I had been playing games since then. But I, I was pretty much entrenched in in playing casual games. Mm-hmm. And Kevin was like, "Hey." You should try this. Just try it. If you don't like it, then you can quit. Whatever. Just That's try it. a good it. Kevin impression. So. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I didn't think it was that good. <laughs> Almost 20 years together. Um, That'll do it. That'll do it. Uh, anyways, yeah. So I was like, okay, fine. And Kevin was on uh, Evenings at that time so i was by myself oh man that's so even I put, creepier i put the i put the game in yeah he had a spell of evenings i don't know he seemed to be away for a lot of this it was evening play huh. um and scared the crap out of me <laughs> yeah i can understand that he scared the crap out of me um i had to put the overhead lights on in my living room i had all the lights on she did yeah nice i'm serious and i'm not uh, gonna lie i had to turn some lights on sometimes don't don't worry about that (laughs) a a scary experience that first time it really was um and it was frustrating and i get ticked off and i rage quit as usual (laughs) (laughs) but you kept at it and I think I think I even recall a, a a time when I kept saying to Kevin, you know, I think I'm going to quit. I don't think I could go. On. It's too traumatic. It really was. It is. It, it leaves too- an impact. I know. It was PTSD, you know, and um, uh, and I'd have I'd have not nightmares, but those whispering taken would enter into my mind in my dreams and you know i get startled i would so um yeah so that was my experience i i finished the game and i was so happy that i took a picture and i posted it to facebook and facebook reminded me of it like a month ago no way because you know they i don't know if you have facebook but they'll remind you of your memories from you know Mm -hmm. two years right i've heard this (laughs) and it posts that picture on my profile i'm like Oh my God! Yes, so I posted it to Facebook. I'm like, "This is what I'm playing in March." What are the odds? <laughs> That's great. Ex- experiencing this horror all over again. Lucky you! <laughs> Full circle. <laughs> you know? Face your um, demons, yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah. That's awesome. I, I started the game uh, first week of March, and I just finished last night. Nice, nice. Yes. That's awesome, and what a great. Uh, 
uh, you made a point there about Silent Hill. That's a good relation that I sort of oh. felt as I was playing through too. They are yes. similar in that sort of psychological horror. Oh, especially, vibe. especially that Shattered Memories on the PSP. Yeah. It's all encompassing. You're listening to it with <laughs> headphones on, scaring the crap out of you. <laughs> You're in the dark half the time. I know that's a different uh, podcast for a different time, but yeah, th- you, there's some relations between the two for sure. You definitely did it right, though. Alone at night, you know, no one there. Oh, that's, that's winter creepy. time. Oh, it's winter too. Fuck, you know. <laughs> creepy, creepy. Yeah, yeah, creepy. Actually, I'm actually a little jealous of your nightmares where you have the taken people in your actual nightmares. That's just like in the in the game. Oh. Like that's cool. <laughs> you're completing cool. the whole experience. Not cool. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not when you're experiencing it. No. Oh. All right. Um, ben, why don't you tell us about your first time through? My first time through, I'm pretty sure, I'm drawing from memory here, but it was around the time it was released. Um, it wasn't really on my radar before then, but I know a lot of people were comparing it to Twin Peaks and Twilight Zone. Ah. And in terms of its themes, in terms of kind of the style of it, because the game is broken down episodically. Yes. So it is like a TV show, you know, like previously on Alan Wake. Yeah. <laughs> so is cool. it is broken. It's, I love that, to be honest. Yeah. And I'm a huge fan of both of those shows and the atmosphere and just kind of the surrealist setting of it. And I figured, okay, I'll pick it up, give it a go. Um, I played and beat it over the course of one weekend. I mean, it was just a straight wow. playthrough for me. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And I just got really hooked on it. I mean, I loved Max Payne, so certainly the gameplay was familiar enough to me. But I think what really sold me on Alan Wake was the atmosphere. Because you're in the dark all the time. You're in, like, the haunted woods and the haunted valleys where there's a lot of ambient light and a lot of fog. And this frantic... You know, and what I like, too, is just the frantic survival pace where the Taken are, are chasing you and you have to run towards the light. Yeah, yeah. To get, mm-hmm. to get to salvation. And, you know, also the fact that the darkness is probably your biggest enemy because everything is hostile and everything will attack you. Mm-hmm. So you, there's never a sense of relaxation like you're constantly on edge you're constantly worried about what's going to jump out behind the tree and often there is somebody jumping out at you <laughs> nine times mm-hmm. out of ten yeah <laughs> exactly and you have to really master the mechanic where you dodge at the right time and it slows things down and that in the more crowded and the more hectic fights that's really your best chance of survival because your flashlight batteries run out um what really also what really also hooked me was the combat because in most of those games you just shoot them at the head and they die in this case you got to break down their darkness which is with your flashlight that's your first line of defense and then you can blow them away with your shotgun for me the best was when i got the flare gun oh yeah that was just that was just fireworks everywhere it's like a grenade launcher (laughs) exactly um but i think the game did a lot of things right and i think you know i'm a big fan of stephen king novels and peter straub novels and they kind of have that feeling to it where there's this I don't know, the, the small town that seems idyllic, but then you realize there's so much weirdness and so much supernatural horror kind of lurking beneath the surface of it. So I kind of love the, the sense of discovery that you get as you go throughout the entire game. And you kind of feel for the character Alan, too, because he's trying to find his wife. That's it. Yeah, you know, that's, that's your that's motivation to keep going, yeah. Yeah, and then he gets plunged into this world where, you know, the darkness is paranoia and just everything is coming at you at once. And it's a very unsettling experience, and I can understand why, Sarah, you had nightmares about it. I certainly was unsettled at parts, too, because I was watching it in a dark room with the lights out. (laughs) Um, And there was actually one time, no joke, where my ringtone, I guess it was, um, I forget what it was, but it was one of those ones that startles you half the time. Mm -hmm. So I was in the middle of a very tense segment of Alan Wake where I was trying to find one of the lost pages, and my phone went off and I jumped 10 feet. (laughs) I had that experience with a cat during my playthrough. Yeah, the cat 
the cat jumps on you, then you're like scared exactly. out of your skin. <laughs> yep. Um, but absolutely, I think it's one of those games that memory hasn't really dulled it. I think it holds up incredibly well. Um, I think yeah. it did a lot of things right. And I don't think a lot of people played it because it is a very niche kind of title. Yeah, you're um, right. And it being an exclusive to the 360 and the fact that it's not part of a bigger series, which I always thought was a big missed opportunity. We only had one follow-up. Yeah. But they could have made a much better series out of it. And I'm hoping Quantum Break, you know, kind of pick, continues Remedy's, you know, pattern of excellence. Because I really enjoyed all their games. Yeah, people are still clamoring for an Alan Wake 2. It's, me, it's... me, me, over here. Well, they were... <laughs> well the, the rumor yeah. is, is that they are working on Alan yeah, Wake 2 now. I heard they, that. They were, like, they, it was, we'll get to the ending, but it was left open at the end. Because there was a plan, Alan Wake 2, but the game didn't sell well. So right. they moved on to Quantum do? Break, and they take so long to, you know, make their games. Uh, so now that they're finished with that, and they're probably going to work on a DLC, but their next project apparently is Alan Wake 2. That's awesome. Yeah, they had, uh, they had recently, I think it was February, they had filed a new trademark. Wow. Uh, for Yeah, and I think there's some early footage from Quantum Break that has a pretty big, like, Alan Wake Easter egg. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. Well, 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 what originally was supposed to be Alan Wake 2 ended up being American Nightmare. Uh, right. they, used, they used a lot of the ideas, a lot of the same setting. So the Arizona desert was going to be the setting of Alan Wake 2. That became the standalone for American Nightmare. Um, but the game is actually selling better now because of Quantum Break. Interesting, interesting. Hmm. Well, that, I read that recently because the game, a lot, it's renewed a lot of interest in the game because a lot of people, either they missed it the first time or it's one of those games that you planned on playing but just it never happened. Wow. So a lot of people are going back to it, especially right. now that it's, back, it's backwards compatible on Xbox yeah. One. So. Hmm. No, but I mean, back, I guess back to topic. I mean, I, my first experience was very positive, so I definitely look forward to going back to playing it again. And I rarely replay games from the current gen, so. Yeah, this is, um, like you said, it is very much like a Stephen King book. And you could replay this because it is sort of like reading a book again. I'm mm -hmm. not sure you'd have the same experience the second time through, but you could do it and still enjoy it, especially if you play a nightmare. Like yeah, I mean, if enough time's passed and you kind of forget the the twists and the turns and the little right. nuances, it can right. feel like a fresh experience. But you're right. I mean, the best way to experience it is on a higher difficulty the first time through and just you know panicking every time you have to run away from a group of enemies because <laughs> That's right. your, your flashlight won't work and you just have to run towards that little right. oasis of light. I mean, it's it's a great mechanic, and I think it's one of those games that I seriously hope we're going to see more like it. Oh, definitely. It is certainly unique. I can't think of many other games like it. And mm -hmm. uh, I think it's crazy that they're, it's confirmed or almost confirmed that there's going to be an Alan Wake 2. I think it's the uh, Fandango effect or the uh, Cartridge, Cartridge Club, Club effect. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's, all, it's us. It's, yeah. We'll say it's the CartridgeClub.org effect. I like, it. I like it. I like it. <laughs> You're doing the Lord's work. That's right. That's right. <laughs> on, on Easter Sunday. That's right. We uh, we even got Near 2 happening. I mean, it was already announced before I that, know. But... <laughs> wow. But yeah. still, still. Well, hey, there could be a God Hand 2 after next month's podcast. Hey, so there you go. Well, let's, we'll keep know. This, let's keep this gravy train going. That's right. Then we'll know. Well, All I think right. Platinum said that they are wanting to move away from doing other people's games and get fo more focused on their own games. So oh, interesting. Could happen. Never know. They have the clout now. They could probably do it. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, Musty, was this your first? Musty Hobbit, was this your first yes. time through? Uh, yes, this was. Uh, I had uh, picked up the game... In September, I found it on some Facebook garage sale site, and a woman parted with it for about five bucks. And nice. <laughs> uh, it sat on my shelf for a little while. I just hadn't had an opportunity to dive into it. And then, um, you know, I just joined the Cartridge Club in January. So uh, when I saw the vote, 
um, and I voted for this. I'm not sure about the rest of you guys, but um, of the three options, I, I, I would have been happy with any of the three, but I, uh, I, I voted for this one because I had not played it before, and it was just sitting there kind of calling to me. So yeah. um, it hooked, hooked me almost immediately. Like I, Just even the opening cinematic and, and the tutorial, it, it really set the stage well. It did. Uh, and I really found myself wanting to push uh and it was nice uh and i'm sure we'll get into this you know just like ben said the the episodic nature kind of gave some nice natural breaks to it so i knew that this was a good time this was that lull that i could pause for the night and i could come back tomorrow and um you know it would give me some sort of a, a reset on on where we're at um which is something unique that i found with this one that i i really wish more games would do is kind of when you fire up the game, would tell you, "Hey, this yeah. is what ha this is Last what's time. happened so far. This is where you're going." Uh, there's a lot of games that you just kind of find yourself lost uh, and right. and and incapable of really remembering, you know, what direction you're going in. Yeah, you um, put it down this... for a minute, and you don't know where you are. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the yeah. the games that do do that today are the episodic content games that are out now like uh, life is strange and that resident evil 2 oh. revelations 2 and that they give you like a, what happened because there's sometimes there's like a month before yeah. or the telltale games too good right? point good point um i i wonder if that if this game came out today if it would be episodic uh, absolutely that's a really good it, it was a precursor to that actually if nothing else yeah yeah i, hope I wonder if like happened. If, <laughs> Well, me too, but I wonder if, like, people were sitting there, like, you know, game execs or whatever, playing Alan Wake, they said, we should have released this yeah. you know, six times, charged everyone 10 bucks for each episode, or 15 bucks for each episode. Yeah. So, and yeah. I would have to pay it, Fox. <laughs> yeah, it would. But yeah, you're right. Hmm. Well, I, I, I wait for the discs to come me out. Too, me Anyways, too. like, Walking Dead, Life is Strange. I wait for the hard copy to come out so I can play it all at once. So yeah, I, I don't like sure. waiting a month between episodes. I'm that way with TV now. I'm definitely not going to be that way with video games. Like I have yeah, to if it's not If it's not on Netflix, forget it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Okay, well, that's everybody's first experience with the game. Let's, uh, let's talk about the actual story for the game. So it follows, you can judge by the name, name of the game, which is Alan Wake. You play as Alan Wake. He is a best-selling thriller novelist. It's like crime fiction, I guess it would be. Um and he's trying to uncover the mystery behind his wife's disappearance, which happens while they're vacationing in this um, small Washington State town. What's the name of the town? Bright, Bright Falls. Bright Falls. Yeah. Bright Falls. Yeah, that, yeah. All while, uh, and this is all happening when it seems to be living out this book that he had written, but he has no recollection of, of writing. And you're sort of living the book is, is, is kind of a quick breakdown of, of what the game is. Um, but yeah. Let's, uh, as we mentioned before, it is episodic, so let's just jump right into each episode, and we got some notes here to try and help us remember, because there's a lot to remember, um, and episode one is called Nightmare, and it opens up with this dream that Alan is having, um, he hits a hitchhiker, uh, yeah, Kevin, why don't you tell us a little bit about the, uh, the opening and the tutorial, the dream? Well, the book is very derivative, I'd say, from Stephen King novels. I'm a big Stephen King fan as well. For sure. Uh, a lot of tropes from his books. I, I think probably 90% of the books that he writes, the main character is a writer. 
because he, you know, he's the kind of guy who draws from experience. Hmm. Um, but the, this this one is written by Sam Lake, who honestly, I know a lot of people had a problem with a lot of the uh, exposition. You know, Alan Wake is kind of guy. He talks a lot in in third person. Not, well, not third person, but he talks about himself. Yeah. You know, it's like I love that stuff. Yeah, that that too. is, <laughs> I, it's it, it was done in in uh, Max Payne. It's it's uh, derivative of like the old. Um, Jeez, um, what's what's that guy's name? I'm blanking on his name now. What's he do? Uh, he writes like a lot of old uh, crime noir books. Um, Dean Koontz? No, no. I'm talking like old school. Like Raymond Chandler? Raymond Chandler. Thank you very hey, much. Nice Paul. Very, very <laughs> derivative of that stuff. A lot of like they did a lot of Humphrey Bogart movies okay. uh, from his books and that. The Big Sleep is a big one. Um, so that that's what this is kind of like, except that, you know, it's, he's a writer instead of um, uh, uh, an investigator or PI. Um, but yeah, pre- pretty much he, uh, Alan Wake, I guess it, it kind of starts with uh, him hitting this uh, hitchhiker. Uh, I, I can't read your notes here, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> that's all, all right. So in this dream, he hits this hitchhiker. The hitchhiker disappears. He doesn't know what's going on. Um, right. all, all of a sudden, he starts getting chased by this uh, dark hitchhiker. It's the hitchhiker. He's come back to life when he's sort of covered in shadows. Right, right. Okay, yeah. And then this lighthouse and a voice from the lighthouse is kind of guiding him along. And this is your tutorial, the opening to the game. This is the first time you learn to use your flashlight to uh, take away. Because before you can kill one of these possessed people, I guess you can call them, you have to destroy this sort of barrier around them, which is a shadow. And you have to use your flashlight to do it. Um, so this is the first time you get to actually experience it. And, ah, uh, oh, man, I was blown away. I was like, holy crap, I can't believe this game is set up like this. It was I've never played a game that was like that. I can't think of any well, other games that have done it. Have you? Oh, yeah, there's a ton. Um, it, it's kind of set up like, okay, so your left trigger uh, controls your flashlight. Right. And that's kind of like your iron sights and all the Call of Duty games and that uh, where you're holding the gun up. So okay. it, your, your left is kind of like your aim. And then you use your right to, to shoot. Uh, but the, the difference is like, yeah, you got to hold the yeah. um, left trigger on the, the bad guy for a certain amount of time before the barrier uh, disappears. And then you can shoot him and actually do some damage. Yeah. Um, you, have to, like, you have to conserve your ammo a little bit, a tiny bit. It's, yeah. not too, it's not like Resident Evil crazy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but if you start... You know, shooting at guys without taking that barrier down first, you're going to run out of ammo very fast. So you learn that right away that the flashlight is your friend. Did um, uh, anybody ever play the um, it's Alone in the Dark? Because I know you use your flashlight yeah. a lot in that. Mm-hmm. Do you kill the enemy similar? Or I think, is, does the flashlight just kill them? I can't remember now. It's it's a bit different, but I think in Alan Wake, it's just the the, the flashlight is kind of like your first your first weapon that you have to use to break down the defenses, and right. you know you'll see it kind of sparking away, but then you see it go, and that's when you know you can use your gun. Right, right. They're now mm-hmm. vulnerable. Yeah. Um, there, and you can't you know just hold down on the the left uh, trigger the whole time. Uh, there is like a, a time limit or you know battery limit, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, where you run, if you run out of battery, you run out of flashlight. Yes. So you got to kind of like work that as well too. And this is one of the things I always harp on on these podcasts about the analog triggers on the 360. Now, did you notice that if you only press that left trigger a yeah. little bit, yeah, it'll keep the light on them. It won't drain them. But after you drain them, you can keep the light on them, but it won't drain your battery. Right. It's just like an it's, aiming kind of pressure. Yeah, pressure yeah. sensitive. Yeah. 
Right. Uh, yeah. Very helpful. So that's why I love the 360 controller <clears throat> for that. Uh, I never thought of that. That wouldn't yeah. have worked on anything else. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, maybe we can dispel the myth that the GameCube controller is the best controller of all time, and like, <laughs> let's get over to the 360 <laughs> controller being the best controller of all the, time. Yeah. Uh, GameCube controllers don't have pressure sensitive triggers. They do, but nobody used them. Okay. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> and plus, it had that dinky little second stick. Which was horrible for first-person shooters. It sucked. It sucked for anything. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, this is the intro. This is your first introduction. You run into this guy named Clay Stewart. Did anybody read the Alan Wake files? I think it was a book that came alongside the game or somewhere else. I didn't even know this until I looked it up. I I read it a little bit. Okay. So, is it a full novel? Like, what what is it? No, it's kind of like just... um, uh, like little clips and stuff like that of uh, characters' backgrounds and that, and what they were doing, like that uh, FBI agent um, Nightingale. It, Nightingale, yeah, yeah, like while what he was doing while Alan Wake was off doing his thing. So oh, it kind of okay. gave you a little bit of backstory in there. Okay, cool. Um, I, I don't think it was written by Sam Lake because it didn't seem to be written very well. So I kind of <laughs> lost interest. In okay. It. <laughs> all right i figured yeah i figured if anybody had read it it would have been you so i figured i would ask you um because yeah you run into this clay stewart guy and you have really no idea who he is who he but is, he's, yeah. yeah but he sort of helps you along which is which is great uh what did you think about the tutorial there sarah um well i uh i i liked that i i liked the fact i thought that it was uh it was cool the fact that you could use a flashlight to yeah to kill these <laughs> these evil entities, yeah. and uh, I was mortified the first time. I I was horrified, more like uh, <laughs> the first time I see these things running after me, and and then I was relieved to know that there was a way of of killing them by right. shining a light on them, right? And and then having to uh, <laughs> having to find this uh, lighthouse. Run towards the light. That is the most important rule yeah. <laughs> when you're playing these games. It's true. Especially when you've run out of bullets and <laughs> everything else, you know. But, it uh, happens. It, oh, man. Well, the first time it really did happen a lot. <laughs> not, 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 not as much the second time. But, right, yeah, um, the first time, you know, like, uh, you know, utilizing your flares, your flashbangs. Learning when it's appropriate to use flashbangs, for example. Yeah. Um, I uh, I got a great deal of that tutorial. <laughs> <laughs> I know it really showed you a lot in such a short amount of time. I, and at the time, I didn't realize this is something we're going to get to a little later. But it's showing you really how to defeat everything in that tutorial. Everything that you kill from that point on uses that same mechanic. Yeah. Mechanic. Um, so you really do learn a lot in that tutorial. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you also learn how to dodge, which I thought was neat. If uh, Taken's coming at you with an axe or something, right before he's about to swing, if you hit, what is it, ZR? Is that what it's called? I don't know what it's called on the Xbox 360. <laughs> or ZL? Or is it for, uh, LB. The, LB, bumper, thank bumper. you. <laughs> I'm yeah. still getting used to the controller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nintendo fanboy. I, <laughs> <laughs> I only know R1 and R2. That's, you know, outside of Nintendo. <laughs> Um, but yeah, once you hit that, it goes into like a slow motion move, and you, it's very rewarding actually dodging them. Um, yeah, you can use that also to uh, to run and to run. But I, I found that uh, Alan Wake should lay off the smokes because <laughs> oh man, <laughs> <laughs> it was he, he lost his breath so yeah. quickly. 
Yeah. <laughs> he definitely had smoker lungs. Oh, definitely. He got okay. pretty weird. Yeah, and, um, you After know, like two steps. <laughs> I know. I know. It, when you've run out of bullets, and, you, you know, what are you supposed to do? You could shine a light on them only yeah. so much, but then you have to dodge them. But right. it, it's uh, curtains for you if you don't run. That's right. You have That's to right. run. And there he's huffing and puffing <laughs> with this with this uh, tornado behind him. That's it, right. Yeah. It's like, come on, move. move. Let, let, let's be honest here. You, we, most of us would probably be huffing and puffing too. Yeah, <laughs> you're probably right. <laughs> That's true too. But I would think that adrenaline would kick in there too, true. and holy jumping. But uh, yeah, that that's one thing I noticed. Yeah, he uh, he definitely needs to hit the gym a bit. I think for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but even, yeah, even in running away from that tornado, I still found myself willing to go over to the right and pick up that thermos. Yeah, like, me too. It's <laughs> <laughs> like ooh, shiny. Go pick you're, it up. You're, you're, you're not that panicked. You, yeah, you know. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, and the manuscript. Hold on, I gotta read this. Just one second. I don't care that bus is gonna hit me in the face. I'll just pick up that manuscript page that's while right. I'm at. Well, you brought up an important thing about these thermoses. I want to touch on it right quick. Um, so throughout the game, there are these items laying around. I think there's a hundred. Is that right? I don't know how many. I think so. I think it's a hundred thermoses, just like coffee thermoses. You pick them up, and uh, it's just a collectible throughout the game. Is there anything? you gain from picking these up other than an achievement an achievement that's it that's it that is very derivative of like all like all these achievements and everything i think the collecting and i'm gonna come out and say it right now this might be controversial (laughs) do it collecting in this game sucks dick i hate it it's (laughs) terrible oh my there's no like if they give you like some sort of of, uh stat boost or something Mm. like that go for it or if you're not going to do that at least like once you collect the thing, then it's gone from the game. It disappears. Right. You don't. If you collect True. it, like say you collect five things and you die and you got to start back at the checkpoint, all those things are still there. Mm-hmm. You got to. I'm not sure if you have yeah. to go recollect them or whatever, I but know. I just avoided collecting everything in both of my playthroughs of this game. I, I absolutely <laughs> hated it. Yeah, it's very, com- it's, like to, it's very common. What yeah. I would like to have seen is those thermoses um, regen your health. Something you know, yeah. if you're if you're yeah. if you're uh, I know that you could you know stand under the light or you can wait behind a tree <laughs> to regen <laughs> your health, but yeah. if there were a thermos there, you know, you take the thermos and it would regen your health right away or something like that. But yeah, you know, having to just collect these things randomly for no reason whatsoever, eh. I know, I, I, eh. I kept picking them up though, yeah, <laughs> well, they, they, they are artificially lengthen the game, and that's really the only yeah. purpose that serve. I mean, yeah. you get an achievement if you get all of them, but I mean, like, I'm a big fan of the Far Cry games, and you get those in spades of those games. Oh, really? Similar. For, yeah, Far Cry is like this times 20. Okay. <laughs> like, you're just going around the map collecting bracelets and other little thing, little trinkets that do really nothing. Okay. Um, but, yeah. I mean, at least without like the manuscript pages, they give you some story, like, yes. there is some incentive to seek them out, but you're right, the thermoses. I mean, really, at the end of the day, they're just to give you an incentive to check the, you know, kind of go off the beaten path and kind gotcha. of explore. But they really just make the game feel longer. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. I know. And I... even even with the manuscript pages, and I had I had seen from the forums that some people were yeah. not fans of the manuscript pages themselves. <laughs> yeah. Say Rambox. Um, you can call sure. them out. It's Rambox. <laughs> <laughs> well, so after seeing that, I, I actually stopped reading them when I got them. And that changed the game a little bit for me the intensity level actually went way up and i I actually kind of enjoyed not having that foreshadowing 
Yeah, I, they, uh, they predict what's going to happen, don't they? Yeah, pretty much. It's almost exactly <laughs> what's going to happen. <laughs> it fits the story because this is a story where Alan Wake is writing what, right. what's happening. So, yeah. like, it's the... Okay, he finishes writing the page. That's what's coming up next. Yeah. Now, fortunately for me, I have no attention span. And I see words on a screen while I'm trying to play a video game. I completely <laughs> ignore it. So, I didn't even really know this was an issue until I started playing this time around. And people were complaining that... You know, the game with the, the manuscript pages were full of spoilers. Well, they are. You know, you know what would have been better, though? Have any of you played Until Dawn? Oh, not yet, no, but I, I'm looking forward to it. It's on my to-get list for PS4. Yeah. Well, the way they have something similar in there where you find these things called totems, and they predict what could or could not happen. Okay. So they show you a little five-second clip of what will happen to a certain character, but the actions you take in the game could either make cool. that come true or you could, it can go totally different. Cool. So there is a certain butterfly effect to it, and I think that would have been much better as a mechanic in this game. Hmm. Yeah, the, uh, the thing is, about the pages, they did spoil a ton of things, but I, I felt like I learned a lot more about things that you don't really hear about. In the game. Like Thomas Zane, you don't really hear much about him in the actual game, but in the pages, it seems to cover more of it. Yeah. Um, but so I, I suppose like little things like that, I do appreciate that they, they had it. But there was a ton of spoilers, like the chainsaw and stuff like that. But then, you, but then you're thinking, oh, my God, there's going to be a chainsaw coming up. So you have that in the back of your head. So that might also inf- inflict some fear. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I guess it can go either way. It either spoils or it sets suspense. I don't know. You, you would appreciate it more probably on a second playthrough. So if you're going through the game again, you probably would appreciate more the story that's exposed to the manuscript pages as opposed to the For spoilers sure. and the foreshadowings. For sure. And the other problem is you only get certain ones playing on Nightmare. Other one, other pages don't show up unless... <clears throat> yeah. Again, that's to artificially uh, lengthen the game as well, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'll like, oh, get you to play it again because you got to get all the collectibles and get right. those achievements. All right, cool. Right to your friends. You got that thousand gamer score. You're a much better gamer than everybody else. You know, you just sat there and wasted another eight hours or whatever on the game. <laughs> okay. All right. Anyway, so that's the collectibles. Yeah. So you get through this yeah, tutorial. No, no, it's good. You get through the tutorial. You Way get to, to go, Musty. Yeah. <laughs> you get to the lighthouse. Um, this voice, you still really don't know then who the voice is. Um, but he saves you, and then all of a sudden you wake up, and you're on the ferry going to uh, Bright Falls, uh, which is the town that you end up in. You get to Bright Falls, you meet a couple people on the ferry or whatever, and then you go to the diner. Um, who wants to talk about the diner, your experience with the diner? Musty, let's hear yours. Sure. So you walk into the diner, and you meet your biggest fan ever, yeah, Rose, <laughs> Rose, um, who has your standee at the door. Yeah, which is uh, weird. I was like, and oh. she's yeah, and just. She's just gushing. She's so excited. Yeah. Um, and the diner basically, now having been at the end, the diner, basically every important person that's in this game, every relevant like <laughs> character with exception of, I think, Barry, Good is point. in the diner at that point in time, which is kind of fun to go back and look at at the end. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's, a, there's a jukebox uh, and another thermos. Uh, yep. You end up going in... <laughs> You're, yeah, you're supposed to be musty. I know, right? I, I, I couldn't resist. They were right there. I know. Um, I hear you, man. I picked them up too. Uh, you're supposed to be meeting Carl Stuckey, who has the keys to the cabin that you're supposed to be staying in. Um, you find out he's in the bathroom, so you head back to the the area where the restrooms are, and all the lights are out. Uh, 
think he tries to knock on the door and the door won't open. Uh, and then you get approached by a woman in uh, funeral garb um, yeah. who has the, you know, most <laughs> telling villain voice ever. <laughs> yes, so creepy. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> anyone anyone who presents something to you by unfurling their hand uh, the way that she does and uh, is yeah. clearly has ulterior motives. So um, she hands you directions to the cabin. She hands you the keys, says that she's here because Carl can't make it, uh, and then basically sends you on your way. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's the that. And before you go back there, you run into uh, Cynthia Weaver. Yes, and, and she's like, eh, "It's dark back there. You shouldn't go back there. It's not safe." Because um, that's your first introduction to Cynthia. Um, and you're right; you sort of see every. And then also in the bar is um, Odin the two and Thor's. Yeah, what are they? Yeah. Odin and Thor. Yes, the Andersons, I believe they call them. Yeah, Odin and Thor. Yeah, and they uh, want you to put a song on. What was the song? I can't remember. Put the lime in the coconut. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well done, it's Harry man. Nielsen from the Nielsen Schmielsen album. Really. <laughs> Yes, I'm impressed, Kevin. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah, I'm Everybody knows that. Oh. I did not. I apologize. <laughs> I know the song. I don't know any of the backstory to it. <laughs> but yeah. But I, I just wanted to talk about Rose for a second. Yeah, go ahead. Excuse me. And clear my throat. <clears throat> there we go. <clears throat> That's dangerous. Uh, it didn't work. <clears throat> uh, Rose is a bit of a um, uh, a trope from a Stephen King novel as well. Uh he always has like, uh, like you know, the writer goes into a small town or whatever, and there will always be a person there. Uh, it's usually a person in the store that uh, will have like a, a book display of that writer's artwork, and they're a huge fan. And that's to give you a little sense of unease because there's a person that knows more about you and is spreading stuff about you throughout the town uh, than you know about them. You know, and you always have like. I know on a much smaller scale, us being YouTubers, but, you know, when we put ourselves out there a little bit and people know more about you than you know about them, and it's kind of, it's a little, it's not scary or anything, but it's just a little uneasy, a little off-putting a little bit, you know, until you get more comfortable with the person. And uh, They exploit, Stephen King always exploits that to the 10th degree, and um, I, was, I was happy to see that in this game. It was just like, well, like when you went into the Barry Game Exchange and they had that standee of uh, Kevin? Of me, or, yes, of yeah. course, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was a little embarrassing, but, you know, I got used to it after You got used to it, yeah. Did, right. did, you take it home, did you take it home with you? Of course, well, I put it up there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the truth comes out. We yeah. know. <laughs> but yeah, the, the woman had a real kind of misery kind of vibe to it. Like that that's immediately mm. what my, my mind went to yeah. because the Annie yeah. Wilkes character in misery was like the number one fan of the writer, and then she right. turns out to be completely psycho. Right. Yeah. Ultimate fan. That's right. But yeah, so yeah. the second you're I mean you're walking around the diner, it's your first real experience that you get to explore, and it's pretty weird. It's a weird spot, there's no doubt. You definitely get the vibe of of what this town is. Um, so yeah, you go through, you get your key, you head back out, um, get in the car with your wife. Yo, you're here with your wife, Alice. I don't know if I mentioned that. <laughs> you're also, you're also suffering from a two year writer's block. Another big thing that, uh, that comes up right around now. So yeah, you get your, uh, keys to the cabin, you head out to the cabin. Um, yeah, you show up. It's kind of a weird, creepy cabin on an island in the middle of the lake. Uh, what's the name of the cabin? Does anybody remember? It's like Raven's Leg or something like that, or Crow's Leg. Bird's oh, Leg. Bird's, Bird's Leg. Yeah. Bird's Thank leg. you. Okay. Thank you. I'm so happy you remembered. <laughs> yeah, so you're <laughs> out at Bird's Leg Cabin, and it looks creepy and decrepit. Um, 
Yeah, this, you sort of get to look around. Why don't you tell us a bit about the cabin there? And who remembers the cabin well? Scary. Yes, it was creepy. <laughs> like, would you stay there? No. Even Kevin going to go there? I it was cozy. I was ready to move in. There every we go. Cab- every cabin has a creepy little shack out back. That's what I remember. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where you have to go and start up the generator. The generator. It's, it's, it's straight out of every like kind of cabin in the woods kind of horror movie you could imagine. Like it's dusty. There's a lot of fog in there. You have to get the power going because that's never on when you arrive. <laughs> of course. Right. Um, and again, I would draw the parallel to, un- to Until Dawn because it kind of covers the same thing where oh. you're going to this creepy cabin, but you seem totally at ease with it. That's the funny thing. I would be shitting bricks. <laughs> <laughs> and it's on uh, Cauldron Lake. Cauldron right? Lake, that's right. Like, how creepy is this? Yeah, <laughs> Cauldron Lake. Why are you going <laughs> in there? Don't go in there. What are you yeah, there's a, a sense of unease to it. You, know, you go to it, you look around, it's serene. Yeah. You're going there during the day. So you it overlooks this lake, and yep. across the lake you see this uh, this beautiful um, these mountains with mm-hmm. these pine trees. It just gives you a sense of peace, but at the same time you know something's up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, exactly. <laughs> you're 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 playing Alan Wake after all, so you know <laughs> something will happen. Yeah. Um, and is it? It's here that you discover that Alice. Uh, Alan Wake's wife is suffering from um, a fear of the dark. Mm-hmm, is that right? right? Yep, yep, that's right. Correct. Um, and it's at this point as well that you also discover Alan Wake, who is suffering from a two-year um, writer's block. Alice has brought him here mm-hmm. for a rest, reprieve, and to unbreak the writer's block right Nudge and him he along. gets he gets a bit irritated at that yeah that, um so she brings him upstairs to this little room that she has set up that has a um an old typewriter and she's like here you go he's like what is this he's like i didn't want to tell you when <laughs> i was planning this trip right because <laughs> I was hoping that you'd be able to have um, an opportunity to write while you're here. I've set you up with a psychologist. Oh, yeah, that's right. This is when she mentioned. What's his name? Hartman? Hartman. Yeah. Hartman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. and, of course, Alan's like, what? <laughs> 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 he, he's a bit pissed. A little um, bit, yep. And yeah. uh, he's like, it's okay. And I guess he's like, okay, look at all right, I'm just going to look around and and get my bearings here. Yeah, sort of storms you know, out. I want, yeah, <laughs> so that it can get dark and you can freak out when it gets dark. No, that's right. no not quite. But, yeah. uh, you know, so that's when, you know, he, he set, sets out. He looks around his uh, little island there where mm-hmm. the uh, – did we mention this? It's on an what, – what's the island called, the little island that this uh, cabin's on? Anyone Birds Lake, Birds Lake Island. <laughs> Birds Lake, Lake, Lake Island. Isn't Birds it Lake, Death, Lake Island. Death, Death, I don't know. Cauldron Lake Island. Island or something. I can't remember. Ooh, Divers, I like Island. Divers Island. Divers Island. Divers Island. Thank you. Nice poll. Right. Nice poll. Good one. Um, and he uh, then goes into that back shed. <laughs> he looks around, <laughs> and night is falling, and. I guess Alan, uh, Alice starts to freak out because it's dark and, mm-hmm. you know, she hates the dark. 
That's right. Is that right? Am that I, sounds pretty darn I? good. Alan yep. then runs in to try and save her. He can't find her. Um, realizes the back door is open, goes out back, and she's gone. She's fallen into Cauldron Lake. lake. Cauldron yeah, lake. she fell over the balcony into the yeah. lake, and Alan dives in after her to yeah. try to save her. Yep. And that's when it gets really weird. Yeah. <laughs> if it isn't weird mm-hmm. enough already. Um, the next scene is Alan waking up in a crashed car. Um, he's out in the middle of, of the woods, essentially. Um, yeah. And he has no idea what's going on. He wakes up, and that's where sort of the gameplay starts up. Yeah, it's uh, a week after the event with his wife. Yeah. And he has no memory what happened in that past week. That's right. And so, yeah, when does he find out it's been a week? I guess because he goes through the woods. This is when you're sort of fighting off the Taken for the first time. Yeah. Um, well, he runs into the sheriff, right? Right. He is gets to right? the uh, the gas station and uh, and he calls. Oh, yeah, that's where he finds it. He oh, wait, the wait. Calendar. Was there a, there was a was there a woman at the gas station? Is that right? I don't think when he gets to the gas station, it's all trashed. I remember. Yeah. Um, he asked somebody what 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 it is. He the figures sh- it doesn't out. the sheriff the sheriff comes up to him. Yeah, he he calls the cops, yeah, maybe. they come out and get him, and that must be what he finds out then. Yeah. Yeah. We'll say that's it. All right, that works. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, so yeah, your first real level, I guess you could say, is going through these woods. Super creepy, super dark. Um, when the Taken are about to come, it gets really dark and windy, and uh, and then they show up. That's kind of a giveaway, but the first time you're playing the first episode, this is creepy. Like, you don't know what's going on. Um, it becomes a trope. It becomes something that just happens regularly throughout the rest of the game. And by the end of the last episode, you're sort of used to, okay, it's windy now. I'm going to have to fight something. Um, <laughs> but, but when you're first doing it, it's creepy. Um, who was the boss, I guess you could say, of this one? I know it was the guy that... It was think, Carl Stuckey. It was, it was the guy Stuckey. who was supposed right, to have right, case, right, right, the case. Right. The axe murderer. Right, right. <laughs> so yeah, you find uh, Carl and kill him, and then you get to the gas station. And that's uh, that's sort of the where it ends for uh, the first creepy part. The sheriff comes to get you, um, and then it's the next day. And Sheriff Breaker is like, "Listen, your story's crazy because Alan's trying to tell her this is what happened. My wife fell on the lake. We were at this cabin." Sheriff's like, "Hold on a second. Um, you're crazy. I'll take you." So they go to the cabin, and it's not there. Like it's just the lake. There's no cabin. You can see the old stairs where it used to go down to, but it doesn't exist any longer. Um, yeah, that, the, the island apparently yeah. sunk right. after an earthquake in the 70s. So right. it hasn't been there for 30, 40 years. Right. So how did it all happen? I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> I've beaten the game and I still don't know. Anyway, okay, moving on to episode two. Oh, wait, um, before we get to episode yeah, two, go ahead. I'm yeah. wondering what people thought of the character of Alan Wake because this is a big yeah. discussion I had with Rambox. He didn't like Alan Wake. I, I feel as if you're not supposed to like Alan Wake because he felt like Alan Wake wasn't a good guy. Mm-hmm. He was, uh, you know, off, flying off the handle at his uh, best friend, at his wife and all that. Yeah. And I thought, well, that's the point. You're su- that's that extra layer yeah. is like all, if, if Alan Wake was just a good guy, like this is a good guy with a bunch of crazy stuff happening to him. But because he flies off the handle, because he has that streak in him. It's like, well, is he? He's a creative guy. Is he kind of making up all this stuff right. in his head? That's a good way. And of he actually at it. did lash out at his wife. 
mm-hmm. and, and killed his wife, or is all this stuff happening to him? And you and you don't really know where the story humanizes. Going. It humanizes him, I think, because he becomes more believable, and you know he's paranoid. True, true. Right. So, so yeah. So he's he's got this paranoia, and I think he's living out kind of like the nightmare that he created. So certainly his mindset and his emotional state becomes less hinged as you get further into the game. True. So I, I yeah. was, he was complicated. He was a complex character, and I like that. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And, you know, it even adds more to uh, the scenes where he's in, like, we'll get to it, where he's in the hospital and all that. And the doctors are trying to help him and you don't know if they're trying to help him or yeah. if they're with this this dark uh, entity thing or whatever. So, That's a yeah, good I thought point. it added way more to the game. If, if he had just been a normal average show, super nice guy, um, you wouldn't have had that question the whole way through. Because the whole time you're playing... You're wondering, is this real? Is he dreaming? Is he making this up? Is he crazy? Like, there's all these things going through your head. And if he was just a normal guy, you'd be like, no, he's just trapped in this craziness. That's a all good right. point. That's a good way of looking at it. Um, so we can all agree that I'm right and Rambox is wrong. <laughs> I'm not sure Rambox is ever wrong, but... Uh... <laughs> For the sake of this episode, we'll say yes. <laughs> okay, excellent. There yeah. you go. Maybe, maybe you're, you're both right. <laughs> he, he's yelling at his computer or... Whatever he lists to this podcast on right now. I don't want to lo- ruin my drift compatibility with Rambox, so we're going to say you're both right. Because <laughs> right. there is not much to like about Alan Wake. He's kind of a pompous. When you see him later on in that interview that he's doing, he's kind of a dick. Oh, yeah. yeah. No doubt. And By it, the way, I, yeah. I'm sorry. I, I know I keep derailing the thing, but doesn't matter. This game did an excellent job too of actually mixing in uh, live action. Oh yes. uh, With with this, like, there's not a lot of games that can do that. And uh, even with when Quantum Break, like when the trailer for that um, game was out last year, and all they showed was some live action stuff, and people were freaking out. Like you're not showing any part of the game; you're just showing this live action. I'm like thinking to myself, play Alan Wake, and yeah. you'll understand. Like these guys know what they're doing when they mix that stuff in together. That's a great um, point. And we forgot to mention, or sorry, Night Springs. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> one of the big things is Night Springs, which is a show that Alan Wake worked on, wrote for uh, early on in his, his career. And it's kind of a, a take on uh, the Twilight Zone. Uh, and you run into like televisions in the game and it'll be on this yeah. old show, Night, uh, Night Springs, where a bunch of crazy Kafka-esque stuff would, would happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's all done in live action with, with overdub or whatever. But because it's on this television screen within the game, it really works really well. I love it. I love how they did it. Did any and, of you notice when you're going through, I think it's through the um, the, the hospital, mm-hmm. where you'll come across a room where there's an, an Xbox 360 game console with the Night Springs yeah. game sitting next to it. I don't think I've seen that. I must no, have missed it. I didn't it. see that. It's, a little, it's I, a little Easter egg. Huh. Yeah, I didn't I didn't find it, but I think J-Rock found yeah, it. Yeah, J-Rock did. <laughs> yeah, he posted a picture on Twitter of it. Awesome. I, I, that was cool. I, I don't think I found a single... Uh, copy of the game. I think that was one of the, again, the collecting in these games were mm-hmm. <laughs> just making me mental. I don't think I found a single copy of the game in the game. There was, I didn't even know there were, those existed. There's copies. There's of multiple. There's, oh, I think yeah, there are the multiple. It's, it's, not, it's not a collectible though. Like you don't do anything with it. It's just, it's a little Easter egg kind of in the background, but okay. with the TV shows, obviously you want to stop and watch because you'll oh, go into yeah. certain areas and you'll turn on the TV and it'll be like, tonight on Night Springs. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, then you're, uh, you're in the dark. It's really creepy. Any favorite episodes that anybody remember? I remember the one with the teacher. He had the the gun with the bullet in yeah. it. Always pointed it at his head and it wouldn't go off because of this machine. <laughs> Control which dimension he was in or whatever. And then somebody unplugs it and he blows his brains out. But uh, that one stands out to me. Was there any others that stood out to anybody? Um, <clears throat> it's hard to remember. 
No, you stole mine. That was it. Sorry. I remember there was one in the basement. There was like a vortex and there was like a head in it. And two old ladies were talking to it. You remember that? Oh, I must have missed that one. That I know weird. I didn't get the achievement for watching all the episodes. I didn't know there was an achievement for it. Oh, there's achievement for all collecting in this thing. So <laughs> I, I did miss a couple. but I should also mention this is the second Xbox 360 game I've ever beaten. Or I guess I could say played, too. <laughs> Crazy. <clears throat> Crazy. That's it? Just a second? What was the first? Uh, Lost Odyssey. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Crazy. But yeah, okay. Hey, yeah. Night Springs. Two. Love it. <laughs> so yeah, episode two. This one's called Taken. Um, that's what the people are called when they're possessed by the dark presence. Um, so yeah, uh, episode two starts out, you're in jail now. Um, you're sort of uh, being interviewed. You're not really under arrest or anything. Um, and you receive a call from a kidnapper who claims to have your wife, Alice. Um, this is, so you're trying to get out of this uh, sheriff's office now. This is when Barry shows up for the first time. Uh, Barry is your agent. What did, Musty, what did you think of Barry? Barry looks like Ted Cruz. <laughs> yeah, he does kind of. <laughs> I, 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 I like Barry. Um, he, uh, I don't know, he, he, Gave enough connectivity to the real world, I think, because, you know, we've, yeah. we've sort of gotten Alan and he's sort of trying to disconnect himself. And Barry's kind of that, ah, oh, come on. He's, he's a jokester and yeah. seems to be the comic relief, uh, at least at least at this point. And I, I think he continues to, to carry that throughout the rest of the game as well. Yeah. Um, his choice of apparel is interesting. Um, <laughs> the the Gore-Tex jacket probably. Um, <laughs> It's is fitting for for Pacific Northwest, but um, it's it's very uh, somebody said very Marty McFly um, jump ship. Yeah, type of, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's he's a big character. There's no point or no no doubt about it. He's got a a big personality, and uh, yes. so he shows up to uh, because Alan hadn't checked in, and like we said, it's been a week. Of course, it feels it's like it's only been a day for Alan. But it's been a week and he hasn't heard anything from him. So he shows up in this town um, and finds him in the sheriff's office. Uh, this is also where we're first introduced to Dr. Hartman. Uh, Kevin, why don't you describe Dr. Hartman a bit? Well, I guess you're, you're, I mean, he's supposed to be a guy that's there to help Alan Wake. But you don't really know if, you know, he's really there to help him or if he is part of this darkness entity that's kind of taken over the town. I can't remember, is Alan Wake... Did he get to that point where he's discovered the darkness entity, um, or? Uh, well, he he's gone through the woods at this point, so he's he's fought them, but I don't think he knows what. It right, is yeah. Yet. So he knows, yeah. right? He knows something's up, and he knows that right. like that's everything's not in his head. But Doctor Hartman's the guy who's trying to convince him that everything's in your head. Right, right. So that leads like it's he's a good protagonist in that way. Or no, what's what's the opposite of protagonist? Antagonist. But antagonist in that way. Where you don't know if he's for Alan Wake or against Alan Wake. And right. again, through that, if he's for you or against you. so Right. And this is – and actually, this is the guy that Alice had told Alan he's coming to see. He's, he specializes right. in helping artists with uh, blocks. Um, right. And Alan Wake was already against all this, against right. seeing anybody and all that. Because he's fine. He just has some writer's block. He's going to work. Right. He's a typical guy, right? I'll yeah. work through it myself. I don't need I, any I don't need help. help. Right. right. Especially a therapist. My God. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Who wants that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Alan, this is when the first time when 
Um, Alan sort of loses his cool a little too much. I can see where Rambox is definitely in the right for this scene. Because <laughs> he punches him right in the face. Like, he just beats him. Punches Dr. Hartman right in the face. Um, I don't blame him. Punch him away. <laughs> <laughs> so, but Dr. Hartman's like, no, I'm not going to press charges. Everything's fine. So him and Barry take off over to the sheriff's office. Um, and that's your first meeting for them. So you get out there, and the kidnapper tells you to meet him at Lover's Peak, which is in Elderwood National Park. So you head on out to Lover's Peak. Um, you rent a cabin, and this is where you're going to hang out while you uh, wait for night to come, because you're supposed to meet him at midnight. Um, yeah. So this scene, this is, I mean, it becomes nighttime. You start heading out to Lover's Peak. I found this was kind of similar to the first episode. Um, it's a lot of woods. There's a lot of trees. Um, it's at nighttime again. Um, it's it's almost rinse and repeat. Did anybody else feel the same way? That this was sort of similar? I still liked it. Don't get me wrong. The story was getting interesting, so it didn't feel totally rinse and repeat. But in terms of the setting and in terms of what you do, yeah, it okay. definitely felt like it was starting to overlap a little bit. But I didn't yeah. mind. Yeah, oh, no, me neither. Me neither. At this point, I was like, this is still great. I'm good. Um, so I, you... I think you could pretty much say that for the entire game. I mean, it doesn't really deviate too much from... You know, taking out the taken the exact same way. They just, they vary a little bit throughout the whole thing. But you don't have any other, like, boss fights or anything like that to kind of right. mix it up. But, uh, yeah, like Ben said, I mean, the, the story was interesting enough that it just kept you going. And yeah, I, I didn't mind it. And that's why, um, like, even for this podcast, it's going to be more, it's story driven. Uh, and that's kind of what our main focus is going to be on. Because the gameplay is... It is pretty much almost the same all the way through. You do encounter some weird things. I actually think this is the chapter where you first encounter the birds. Right. Um, what did you guys think about the birds? I guess we should. <laughs> they're, almost, they're, almost worse, they're almost worse than the human enemies at times, especially yeah. when you're really... Because they come out of nowhere, literally. Yeah, yeah. Disorienting, I found. Disorienting. Very. Especially yeah. when they start flying in. Yeah. They fly in the first time. You take yeah. some damage. Oh, Okay. But then you don't know where to shine the light on <laughs> the second time they can hit you in the back of the head or yep. could be coming from anywhere really yeah. um, there, there is a little bit of an audio cue that happens right yeah. before they're coming in if you hit the dodge you can dodge them yeah yeah, yeah. Um, also so, but it is disorientating as what direction they're coming in and and especially the first time you meet them because you don't know that it's essentially like a clump of them has their life bar, but you just think they're killing each individual bird, and that's right, really, right. really disorienting. Once yeah. you realize you can just sort of point your light at the clump, it gets a little easier. Um, but yeah, really, <laughs> really weird. You can, all, you can also take them out in one shot with the flare gun, too. Those flare okay. guns. Got yeah. it. Good weapon. Yes, <laughs> very good weapon. So anyway, so you head out to Lover's Peak. Uh, this is where you meet the kidnapper for the first time. It's also where you uh, get flares for the first time. Um, this is where I discovered my, what's that R button in front of the trigger? Right bumper. My right bumper. <laughs> my right bumper was broken. It, it, I didn't, so oh. I'm hitting it. I'm hitting it. I'm like, why am oh, I not using oh. flares? I was so upset. I died like so many times cause I had no weapons. All you have were flares. Oh, no. And I was like, I don't know what's happening. So I went down here and I grabbed my other controller and thankfully I figured it out. That that's why it wasn't working. I actually, uh, got really far. I got to the end of that chapter uh, sorry, the end of that scene, um, and at one point you have to defend Lover's Peak, where it's you mm -hmm. and this kidnapper, and you're fighting them off. And at that point, I, I needed flares. I just couldn't couldn't do it. Um, so I had to switch. But yeah, flares are cool. It sort of oh. creates a, a barrier that keeps yep. everybody away from you. Flares are invaluable 
especially on nightmare mode throughout the entire mm -hmm. game. You want to pick up every single flare you possibly can because uh, the one thing that on the harder difficulties and somewhat on, on normal as well is that the AI gets really smart and really takes advantage of coming at you at every direction. Yeah. Uh, they won't like there'll be one that'll come right at you if you got like a group of three and the two others will flank you. They'll like stay back and come and hit you from behind. Um, so flares are were fantastic for buying you some time. Uh, you can drop them. It'll take off a little bit of that uh, light shield if they they hang out in the area long enough. Yep. And uh, you know, it gives you time to reload your your weapon, reload your um, your flashlight because you had to keep supplying batteries for that flashlight too, and uh, get you orientated. I, I found it like when they come attack you from every yeah. angle. It's really hard to keep track of where you are. It's and, true. Uh, it's like which one do know, I start with? Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. Exactly. So you just you got to focus on one, pick on one, and then just right. take them out. And flares were invaluable. Right. They're they're such a they're such a precious resource. But did you also notice that during the more hectic? Oh. I lost. It. <laughs> <laughs> I did notice. <laughs> I did notice the hecticness. Yes. Yeah. Musty, what do you think he was going to say? <laughs> uh, I can take advantage of this to go and pee. Yeah, go ahead, go pee. All right, he's gonna come back and I'm gonna be gone. He's gonna be what the hell? He's coming back right now. What I said. All right, be back in a second. Yep. I do have uh, a comment on the flares myself, but let's I'll, hear I'll, it. Uh, that way, I can I, leave I was, all this. I was in. gonna say, sure. <laughs> my, uh, I found especially later in the game that the flares were my ticket to run past major confrontations yeah I can um, see that. that i just sort of i would if i had three or four i could because you, you walk slower when you have one which doesn't really make sense right um that just having this yeah why would, couldn't you run yeah that's a good point <laughs> you know um you know if ian malcolm can run with a flare i think we can too yeah uh, <laughs> so i found myself I, I i would i would light one up i'd walk a little bit and everyone would stay away and it would almost make a path for you to to be able to get to the next uh, yeah. street light opens uh, up a hole. Exactly. I, I did that a few times myself. I know what you mean. Yeah. Definitely fan yeah. them out because they avoid that light, you know, with, mm -hmm. with your life. So, yeah. Well, and, 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 and some of the enemies, especially at this point, I think they started to introduce the enemies that their shields would, or the darkness would come back. Yeah. If you don't take them out. And, and also the chargers, the ones that, the ones that would sort of rage and, and run at you. I hated uh, that. Before yeah. I got used to it, I was like, oh, why is this? <laughs> All of a sudden, he's on me. It's like, oh. Yes. Yeah. Um, ben, Ben, you're back? I am back. Sorry about that. No problem. <laughs> Potato internet. That's what I'm using. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> so what were you about to say? You were saying something about when it gets hectic. Yeah, when it gets hectic. I don't know if you find this in battle, but when it gets hectic and you have a lot of enemies surrounding you, the camera really goes jerky. And like yeah. it'll get stuck behind a tree or behind bushes, and that that critical few seconds is what killed me more often than sloppy gameplay. Yeah, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. It was hard because it's very disorienting, especially with all those trees and the wind, and all of a sudden yeah. Yeah. you got to pick out one or two guys, and they're behind you. Oh, it is frustrating, and which I think is probably it was actually my favorite part of of the gameplay um, because you are killing the same guys over and over again. Yeah. This mm -hmm. adds an element of strategy that you have to. To really plan things out. Well, well, that's what that's what I was saying about the flares because those become a really precious resource. Same with flashbang, oh, yeah. same with uh, kind of the other accoutrements that you have because those really buy you the precious seconds you need to either run away or to at least situate yourself when you're in a better position to actually fight. Definitely, definitely. Mm -hmm. And flashbangs—that's a good point. They're they're sort of a, like 
light grenades, I guess you could say. Um, love. Yeah, them. they they actually would take take out that light shield in one shot. So yeah. they were really good too. Yeah, and um, you, had, you, have, you have to save those for the really hectic battles, though. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, for yep. sure, for sure. Uh, that uh, one scene though, when you were fighting with the kidnapper on that, yep. I guess it was kind of like a dock, or it was uh, yeah, it was a like platform a, for one of the right, cars, I think. Or something, yeah. Um, but I got stuck there a little bit because they, you know, the the taken come at you from every angle. They climb yeah. this thing, and they're on one side and the other side yeah. behind you, and through repeated playthroughs of that you kind of were able to predict where they were going to come up right and uh so you just you'd set a flare there ahead of time and a flare over here ahead of time. <laughs> yeah it was really it was challenging but it was really fun it was rewarding because you were uh learning the game in that little short uh spurt and it was good i enjoyed it that's a I good point s- i Go have to there. say that like the f- second run of this game um i really learned how to use when to use the flares, mm-hmm. when to use the flash bang, bangs very well, um, the flare gun, that kind of thing. Yeah. The first run, I I don't feel I got that knowledge base. Mm. Um, I, it all comes with experience playing these games, you know. Yeah, um, sure. But uh, the second run, I, I found that I didn't have as much uh much of a problem in that way um i knew when it was appropriate to use a flare when it was appropriate to use that you know um flashbang you know when they're ganging up on you yep. when to s- that you should save the flashbang for those yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> you know don't use them up just yet <laughs> that's right but, but at the same time you know like uh often when you change the scene like it wasn't worth saving all the all of your uh, all of your bullets and your right. guns and what have you because when when it changed into a, a, another scene, he often didn't have anything to yeah, go with. Yeah, that's a good so. point that we should have mentioned. Episode to episode, you essentially almost always lose everything. <laughs> right. Yeah, you have mm. to pick it up again. Right. So. Yeah, that was that was my big uh, advice for everybody on on the forums who are having problems with the game is use everything. Yeah. You know, don't save it for the next because you're gonna it's gonna be gone. Yeah. You know, yeah. So you can't you 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 can't like just willy nilly just throw down right. like three flares at once. But right. if you got five flares and you're ganged up on, use one. That's don't be right. afraid to use it. It's interesting actually hearing Sarah's perspective from someone because like I grew up on Resident Evil. I know to to conserve ammo for big fights like that. But it's interesting here because my first time playing Resident Evil, I didn't know that. <laughs> I would have been shooting right. off everything too. That's very right. interesting. And now this is her second time through, you know, to reserve. That's pretty interesting, actually. There was yeah. also those little animations you'd get stuck in too when you would get hit by the take-in yeah. or you would dodge or something like that. Uh, so sometimes you would hit that you know, right bumper to drop a flare, but you were stuck in the middle of that animation and yeah. Alan wouldn't do it. And that was that was a little frustrating too. I was watching Sarah play a little bit of that uh, rock star oh. stage there oh, last great night. Scene. And, great scene. Yeah, and she, she was getting stuck on there a little bit because I was just saying, just drop a flare, drop a flare. And she's like, I can't, I'm hit the button. <laughs> I would hit the button. I would hit the, this, and this happened throughout the game. It's a bit of a beef of mine. Mm-hmm. I, I would hit the button it wouldn't drop a flare or I wouldn't be able to throw a flashbang. I don't know what was going on. If I had to regen something or I, I I don't know what, but I'm pressing the, I'm pressing (laughs) that bloody button. I'm pressing the gun. I'm shooting the gun. 
but it just wouldn't respond. I don't know hmm. if it was a problem with my controller or what, but oh, uh, it's so frustrating. You were, you were stuck in that animation. The Taken would hit oh, you, and okay. Alan would like do this animation and be like, yeah. oh my goodness, I got hit. And <laughs> that's his a good interpretation. <laughs> and then once you got out of that animation, that's when you can oh, do it. So, so you got to just sit there, take it, take it like a woman, and then <laughs> <laughs> once, the, once the Taken are done with you, then you can. I think that's why they're called the Taken. You have to take it. From <laughs> Ending solved. <laughs> yeah. So, so you get to um, the kidnapper on, on Lover's Peak. He's like, "Hey, I want the whole manuscript." He knows what's going on. He knows that everything happening around is because of what's been written on these papers. He demands the manuscript. Um, something happens. I can't remember. I think a tornado comes. They get separated. Um, and then uh, Alan gets a call from Barry saying there's birds all over the cabin and I need you to come right. save me. That's when you go down and you fight the bird boss, essentially. Um, that bird boss fight. We all know how that goes. Yeah, it's um, a big wave of, big wave of birds. <laughs> yeah, just a whole lot of birds. Yeah. Use those flares. Man. Just yeah. use them up. Yeah, flares, flare gun, good times. So once you take care of them, everything's good. And then you get a call from Rose saying, hey, um, I have your manuscript. She sounds really funny. Um, I can't remember if it actually shows the woman in black in that scene or not. I think so. I on think the, on, so, yeah. Okay. I think so. Okay. So, so the audience called, knows that's going on, but Alan Wake doesn't know. But Alan doesn't know. Right. That's yeah. right. And that is – so you have to go to Rose now to get the manuscript, which the kid never wants. And that's how episode two ends. Yeah. Any other comments for episode two? There was that one stretch in the uh, – is that the – like – park ranger facility with like yes. the, the big uh fossil setup oh right the woolly mammoth or whatever it was yeah that i think is where the dark presence sort of becomes a thing yes i think you're right because i think you read about it there too um and you realize that it takes over what's his name the ranger um i can't remember the ranger's name me too yeah and he sort of becomes like a, a mini boss as well is this also where you fight the tractor is that here uh, I think that's later on. Okay, it's later on. I think it's like episode four or five. Okay, okay. Now, did you notice that 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 ranger was he, there was that sick dog and he was fixing that sick dog's leg, right? Yes. The leg, like, yes. And then in the very next scene, he's lying on the ground with his leg missing. Huh. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think but, about that. That's I, a good point. I thought that was kind of cool. I wonder if is, is that related? That's very interesting. I think it's just one of those like. Uh, foreshadowing yeah kind of thing, yeah stories or whatever cool cool is uh episode two when we were introduced to the take and that um don't stand still they sort of just flip around and move around you know that kind of taken that where they're shifting back and forth they don't stand still yeah i'm not you sure I'm when I'm not sure yeah when. i'm not sure when you run into that one they kind of like phase in and out and, yeah, I think that yeah. it's that part, the ranger part, where you're you're in a yes. In, I think you're in right. That, that back in that backyard. Yeah, whatever. I think it's and, a boss and, at and this point. Flipping yeah. around and up and down, and you you can't shine a light on them. They're, right, you know, you're right. These you're are right. Up. That's the first time. That's like a boss for that right. one, and then you run into them several times throughout right. the game later on. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. But I think that's the first instance is yeah. uh, episode two right. with the ranger. I think so. Yeah, I think that's exactly. I think you're exactly right. When the ranger goes dark, he becomes that, and which ends up becoming a regular enemy later on. But yeah, that's frustrating at first. 
And especially later on when there's two of them sometimes at once. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, those are tough. Right, yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So yeah, that's episode two taken. So now we're moving on to episode three, Ransom. So you lose all your equipment and everything, um, and you're on your way to the trailer park to meet Rose, which is, that's where Rose lives. She lives in the trailer park. You show up there. Um, the guy shows you where to her trailer. You go in. She's acting really strange. Um, and she drugs you. She uh, gives you some tea, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And uh, next thing you know, you pass out. Why what? is it that she's uh, meeting with, uh, why is it that he's meeting Rose? He's going to meet Rose because Rose calls him and says, hey, I have your whole manuscript. Which right. Is, okay. Which is what the kidnapper wanted. Yeah. That's right. Um, but why did she dr- drug them? She she was possessed. By but what, the... like, what was the point of putting them to sleep? Uh, good question. I don't she's know. A, she's a big fan. Well, big, I, I think probably... If he wakes up in a bed, then... <laughs> Tied to a bed, yeah, okay. Well, because it's daytime. Yeah. It's daytime when they go to see Rose, and it might be um, a way to make it ah, nighttime maybe. by the time they wake up, and the Taken can overtake Alan Wake. I maybe? like it. We'll go with that, because that makes the most sense, I think. <laughs> That that memory, let me tell you, it's a it's a struggle being married to someone with such a memory. <laughs> well, you know, I ha- I'm I'm fuzzy. I have to say that some of the these plots are a bit fuzzy for me, but there's some things that I uh, I can hang on to, and that in particular, I I seem to think that that might be why. Like all this like is it. to get dark again, right? Yeah. yeah. To like continue it. to get dark. Um, you see it gotta, throughout. You remember it much better than we do. Yeah, you well. It's a struggle. I can't get away with anything over here. She remembers everything. <laughs> I think that's just marriage in general, Kevin. <laughs> oh. the, the symbolism is quite uh, is quite heavy in this game. Oh, with, definitely with the a lot dark, of that. With the dark. So anytime that it's light, you no, know, somehow the dark is going to be coming soon. So. And at least th- this one makes more sense than later on when it just happens. <laughs> At the very anyway, we'll move on to that. Um, so, um, what was I about to say too? Um, oh, what was I going to say? I can't remember now. Anyway, so she drugs him. Right. Um, him and Barry, because him and Barry show up together, and you wake up, and you wake up to pretty much a gun in your face, and uh, or not in your face, but you wake up, and this is when you first encounter Agent Nightingale. Um, he's always... Well, this is also the time when you discover that something's up with Rose because he, she's right. also she's in the trailer, um, found rolled up in a ball, kind of rocking back and forth. So right, when you wake up, you realize that. And I think do you have a dream? I think you might have a dream too. Then um, that might anyway. be, yeah, it might be something. Probably a clip yeah. of, of Alice falling or something. Um, and you see Rose, and Rose is yeah, like you said, balled up. Uh, know fetal style and she just is completely out of it and you realize it was the dark presence that called you here and it was controlling rose so you head outside and this is when you encounter fbi agent nightingale for the first time at the gates of the trailer park um that's right uh what did uh musty what did you think of agent nightingale uh he he seemed he seemed too big of a personality for for i mean he was i don't even know how to really describe it it was. He's a dick. He was very <laughs> motivated, and he he's motivated, but you don't know why. Like yes, he's just like yes. I'm out to get him, and it, there's there's not 
there's not any underlying or there's not any evident motivation there. Right. Um, he, he just, he's, he's here to take out a writer. Yeah. For some reason. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe he's a big Alex Casey fan. And <laughs> the fact that he got, that he, he, you know, killed effectively off his killed off his, yeah, he's, he's, <laughs> he's your like misery it. character, but he's an FBI agent. Like um, maybe, maybe that's what it is. Is it I, ever explained why he doesn't like Alan? Well, I think that, well, I, I think he is possessed by the dark presence as well. Okay, okay. And there's always an element in this story that's trying to bring Alan Wake back to reality, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. you're never 100% sure if all this stuff is actually happening or not. So True. I think that that was the point of Nightingale. The sheriff was becoming more of an ally at this yeah. point instead of uh, antagonist. Yes. So I'm learning words on this podcast. I like it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And so I think that that's really the only point uh, for for him. Um, before, uh, uh, sorry, go ahead. I was just you can actually go and visit his room in the yes. hotel. It's not necessary, but you can go check out his room and uh, find out, like you know, that the guy was keeping a bunch of notes on Alan Wake and everything like that. And I think that is the tip off that he was indeed uh, possessed by the dark presence. Okay, I um I did go to his room. I actually read up online a little bit too. It, it turned out he was. Um, he used to be a really straight shooter. Like him and his partner were, they, they never drank. They never went, um, you know, off the beaten path. They always stood um, for justice. You know, they were great FBI agents. Right. And his yep. partner died or something because he had started having all these nightmares just like this. Um, and then Nightingale went into like a drunken state and tried to research more about this darkness thing. And I don't know if that's what brought him to Alan Wake, um, but I guess somewhere in a, he made a connection. Um, but I do want to talk a minute about the, the names of everybody. Um, like Alan Wake, a- Awake, is that? Awake. Do yeah. you think that that was on purpose to make you think maybe it is all a of course. dream? Or... Okay. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. And Night Alice Gale is, is the bad guy. Right. And then uh, Breaker. Night yeah. Springs is a show. Yeah. The, right. the yeah. most beautiful dame ever, Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> Sarah with an H. The smartest, the smartest person in the whole game. It's true. Sarah. <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> you can't deny it. It's it's contractual for me. Come on. <laughs> but yeah, her last name's Breaker, and I thought I was thinking like a fuse box breaker, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. yeah. good one. Yeah. 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 That's true. But I, and I thought Alice, like uh, Alan Wake's uh, girlfriend, like Alice in Wonderland. You know, like oh, is she right. thick, like falls down forward. the rabbit hole, right to the lake. Yep. Well, look at us putting things together. <laughs> well, that, that's Sam Lake. That's the kind of writer he is. All, okay. all that stuff is kind of on all of his uh, writings. Now, I love it. I know people hated it, but cool. screw you guys. I loved it. It's awesome. Yeah. All right. So, is this that what has Sam Lake written that makes you love Sam Lake? Just out of curiosity. Max Payne. Max Payne too. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so you have that it. previous. Okay. All right. That's enough. <laughs> that's more than enough. Okay. So yeah, you meet Agent Nightingale. He's like, "Hey, uh, Alan Wake, I'm gonna arrest you," but he's being really aggressive. He's holding his gun in his face. Um, Alan's like, "No, I'm gonna take off." So he runs, and and Nightingale actually shoots at him. And the sheriff is like, "Hey, you can't just be shooting at people. It's crazy." So Alan escapes from them, and the next scene is him running from the police. Um, as he's running along, the presence is sort of getting in the way of the police as well as trying to, uh, they're, they're shooting at Alan, but then the police copters are coming and the presence is taking them down. What did you guys think of that scene? Did anybody think that was, that was cool? I thought it was yeah, kind of anticlimactic. Uh, so I'm, I, I, I may be 
contrary to to you guys, I, no, I okay. felt like it was the fact that you didn't have a weapon and you didn't have a flashlight. Like I didn't. It, it kind of felt like a, that is like the only stretch of this game where I felt like it was like a walking simulator. Right. Yeah. I can see what you're saying. Um, but you, you know, know the, nothing's going to happen. <laughs> the tension was there and it's like, okay, well either they're going to catch me and that's part of the story or, you know, I'm going to eventually run into some, you know, a flashlight and some, and some yeah. weapons and, and then we're going to, we're going to have a showdown. But, um, I, I, I thought like yeah, it's it, it's nice when you get sort of those events and you have you know the 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 it felt almost like portions of ET in the woods because you'd have the lights <laughs> and you'd have the the searchlights and things like that. Yeah. Um, but I just I didn't feel the intensity there that I was feeling from the previous two episodes. That's fair. If they had have put in even a couple taken while you're running and the police are shooting at you and then you had to dodge around them, it would have increased it tenfold. Absolutely. Because with no but danger... The cops, the cops would have saw the Taken, and then that kind of would have dispelled well, the illusion, right? Well, I mean, how how are they bring down the helicopter? <laughs> they got to see something. <laughs> I guess, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so well, I what, I, well, what I liked it from at that point is the fact that the Taken had changed. Yeah. You know, before, uh, uh, up to this point, the Taken were always like these, I don't they kind of look like lumberjacks that were yeah. working out in the woods. Yeah, yeah. They were coming out of nowhere. And now the Taken are <laughs> our sheriff, are, yeah. are the sheriff. So it, it, it made me wonder, like, is all this stuff happening in Alan's head again? Like, is he actually yeah. shooting at real police officers? Yeah, and deputies, this is all yeah. just an illusion. So I that's what I liked about all that stuff. I thought that was yeah. cool. Yeah, fair enough. That's a good point. It, it was a new take on what had already been happening. Um but yeah, I, I understand Musty's point of view too. I think Rambox said something similar on the forums as well. I think he actually stood still while they were shooting at him. I think Rambox said, and he didn't yeah. get injured. So yeah. I was like, oh, <laughs> I guess that does kind of ruin it a bit. But yeah, so you're running around. Um, the police are all getting messed up because of the dark presence. And Alan decides, I got to get to the local radio station because I'm going to get directions on how to get to the coal mine, which is where you're supposed to meet the kidnapper. So he goes to the local radio station. Um, anybody want to talk about that scene? Does anybody remember it? No. no. Okay, so he shows up. <laughs> the local radio station uh, host, you had met him on the ferry, and he was like, hey, come by. I want to give you an interview. So he shows up there. Um, you can also hear radio snippets throughout the game if you turn on the radio. Right. Um, some really cool scenes. You get a little more sense of what's going on in the town, um, a little more feel for, for what uh, Bright Falls is. So you show up there, um, and... He's like, great, um, Alan Wake just walked into my radio station. Um, so the police hear this, and they're like, oh, man, we got to go to the radio station. <laughs> yeah. And Alan's like, ah, crap. So the police show up right after that, um, and Nightingale actually shoots at him through the window. Um, and uh, Or does he shoot at him? I can't remember. I think he does. Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah, he, he does, does. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and then the radio host guy is like, man, you're crazy, and then – Alan runs off out the other way, gets away, and Sheriff Breakers. This is when Sheriff Breaker realizes, okay, this FBI agent is just insane, obviously. Um, so that's actually a pretty cool scene. It's pretty tense. Um, so Alan gets out, he finds a car, and I think this might be the first driving um, scene. Oh, yeah. What did you guys think about the driving? I like the driving. I loved it. Yeah, loved especially it. when you get to run over the Taken. That's always fun. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> it's great. I, I, I'll, I'll be honest. I, that was the only part I thought. Uh, kind of sucked. Like, really? Uh, Whoa! I thought Whoa. The... <laughs> oh my! Hold on! Hold on! Hold on! Your day's ruined, <laughs> Let man. Me explain. Let me explain. <laughs> uh, I, I, 
Well, no, like driving over them was was kind of cool, but I thought the mechanics were kind of a little bit stiff for the for the driving. I didn't think I just didn't think it was the best. But I, I, I like I love racing games and Forza and stuff like that. And I guess it's kind of a bit to ask for Forza s mechanics in uh, yeah, I guess in this game. But this was more like uh, Half Life Two driving is what, is what I would yeah yeah to. <laughs> yeah. It was just a little yeah. stiff. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the, I'm the, I'm there with you on that too. I I, right. I agree. Okay, moving on. Uh, you're, not, you're not. Alone. Uh, <laughs> it was kind of sec- it was kind of secondary to the whole. I mean, you're on foot for most of the game, so the driving right. is obviously to be an afterthought. But I will say, if you've ever played Dead Island, the driving in Alan Wake is refined beyond belief. But I oh, really? Say. That is true. Yeah, okay, I'll, I'll say. Right. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Saving grace. Okay. All right. Maybe sucked was was too strong of a word. It was just it was adequate. I guess it was. <laughs> Was as good as running around. Look at you guys making me back on backtrack. I never you did, did that. good. I've never seen that happen. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Beats the, Ma- beats the Mako in uh, in Mass oh, Effect. Yeah. <laughs> or the driving those those uh, those things those buggies in uh, Borderlands. Oh my goodness. Oh my god, I hate it. Never done that. So there yeah. you go. Yeah. <laughs> there's a, there's actually an achievement for not getting in a car. Oh, like the whole game. No, I think it's, it's there's no, no, stretches. One, one level in the DLC. Uh, oh, is it in the DLC only? Okay. Yeah, yeah. You, you're you're fighting. There's like a, a truck and a tractor and a bunch of taken and all that. It would be just a breeze if you got in the car and just went from yeah. one end to the other. Yeah. And it's a pain in the ass if you don't. And of course, I I did the pain in the ass route because I need that that achievement. But did you get all the thermoses? I no, I. No. <laughs> but you did that achievement. <laughs> <laughs> that was more of a challenge, I guess. That sounds fun, actually. No, I don't. I, I like like challenges like that when yeah, they say, yeah. "Hey, if you do this." Like, uh, even I think in um, uh, what game is it? Uh, it's one of the stealth games where you can go through the entire game without killing anyone. Oh, that's oh, like Deus Ex. Deus Ex. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. If if they give me that kind of stuff, I love doing that. Cool. That stuff, but uh, when it's when it comes to collecting and it's yeah. just a pain in the ass, forget it. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, so yeah, you get in the car. Yes. <laughs> this is the first driving scene. <laughs> um, they give you a quick tutorial on how to how to drive and stuff. Um, it's pretty basic stuff, like we said. Uh, you do get to run over the pre- the taken, which is awesome. Um, yeah, and this is sort of uh, how you get to the coal mine. Show up into the coal mine. Um, uh, there's a spot in the coal mine when it says "Go this way to Cauldron Lake." Did anybody see this? Yes. I yeah, went down like, there. It's a fork, yeah. Yeah, I, so I go down there. Um, there, and then there's like a voice at one point that says "go back" or whatever. Do, do you have to go down here? I don't think so. You can avoid. I, I think the first time I played through, I, I missed it, and okay. I, I was on this playthrough that I discovered that. Yeah, and there's a scene, a quick uh, shot where it shows Alice being pulled down into the lake by uh, Barbara, um, and then you, so you get, and at the very end, there's water, and you. I tried going through it. I didn't know if I could swim. Yeah. Anyway, you die. So you, you know what? I, I that's that's what happened to me is I went down that way and I jumped into the water because I, I thought that was where you're supposed to go and I died. And then the second time I went through and I went the other way. So I don't think you have to go down that okay. at all. I thought it was cool that they that they put that in there. Um, yeah. And it was creepy seeing this way to Cauldron Lake because you know Cauldron Lake is where all this sort of started. So I was right. getting kind of creeped out going down to the tunnels. But yeah. I mean, I you hear, you hear Alice's voice too. Yeah. The, uh, and that was... Probably one of the first like really unsettling moments I think. Yeah. To to this point, it was creepy, and then it shows her being pulled in, which was a quick shot, and you know scares you. Um, I thought that was a really cool scene. I was happy I went down there, and I was happy that it was optional. I think that's even cooler. Um, so yeah, you go through the coal mine. Um, 
You were supposed to meet the kidnapper there, but he doesn't show up. It's, it's stupid. I don't know why they did that. Anyway, yeah, and then that's he, dumb. Yeah, I was like, okay, they didn't. They did not need to do that. <laughs> yeah, um, no, no. You have to meet us. Up, you have to meet me up at Mirror Peak. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. remember like, when I said stupid. the mine? I meant Mirror Peak, I guess. So anyway, stupid. Yeah, it was dumb. But anyway, so you're, you, <laughs> you, you get out of there, and now you're on your way to Mirror Peak, which is uh, up on this mountain. Um, this is when uh, you go through all this. This is when Alan finds out the kidnapper, in fact, does not have his wife. Um. And this is when that big tornado comes. Um, but before we get to that part, was there anything else during that trip that anybody wanted to talk about? Because I can't remember it that well. It just felt more rinse and repeat. You're yeah. Climbing up. Yeah, I would agree. Okay. okay. Um, so yeah, you get up there. This big tornado comes. It kills the kidnapper. Alan gets sucked up into it. He pops off a flare. So he gets tossed out and he ends up falling into Cauldron Lake. Um, oh, yeah, I so, know what to talk about. Yeah, sure. How about that? Uh, what is it? Uh, what is it called? Um, you know that. Uh, what do you call those things? Where it's a platform Turns out she doesn't know what to talk about. <laughs> oh, uh, the gondola. It's on a cable car. Gondola. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the tram. Yeah. The, yeah. the birds. The birds just descend on you when you get on that thing. Yeah. 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 That was that was cool. More birds. You had. You also had the first instance where where some major set piece drops right in front of you. Yes, after, true. After true. that first tram ride, you turn the corner right. and that, that car, I think it was right. a train car maybe, just sort of slams right in front of you. Right. Yeah. yeah. That was yeah. awesome. I a really lot of cool moments like that in Alan Wake where they use the environment like that. I thought it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and is that, uh, was it the third one where they had the, the traps, the bear traps? Remember? Oh, it could they be. Were kind of, they were kind of illuminated. Yes. Um, and you think that, Initially, I thought, oh, manuscript, but then you yep. put your foot in it. Yep, yeah, out. I hear you. Every time when it's a scene with bear traps, the first one I hit every time because I thought it was a manuscript pitch. And a tank it comes out of nowhere and attacks yep. you. Oh, it's like, stuck. God. Yeah. So you're being set up to fail. Yeah, yeah. 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 I went through the same thing. But yeah, so you get flung out. You land in Cauldron Lake. Um, this The episode ends with you being pulled into... A boat by some somebody you don't know at that point in time and that's the end of episode three so then you move on to episode four which is called the truth which is kind of misleading actually yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. you're not really close you're, you're only mildly closer to the truth at the end of yeah that. yeah All right. so you wake up um and you're you're out of the lake now obviously and you're in that in dr hartman's clinic which is overlooking the lake um this is where uh, there's a typewriter in your room. It, like this is where you were supposed to go if you were gonna get treated by Doctor Hartman. Um, well, let's talk about this scene. Ben, why don't you tell us about this scene for a bit? Well, I mean, the thing with Doctor Hartman, I've always learned that in games or even in movies like this, you always distrust the friendly doctor. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah he, it's true. He's all, he always turns out to be a nefarious character, and yeah. in this game, it's really no different. I mean, obviously, he's the one who convinced Alice to bring Alan to Bright Falls. To yeah. kind of get the treatment. Um, and he comes off initially as, you know, kind of an affable character. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he kind of, you can kind of tell he's trying to manipulate. Because Alan wakes up in his clinic. And then he's trying to tell him that everything has just been in your imagination. You know, you created this story to cope with the death of your wife. Because now it's believed that Alice died drowning. Right. And obviously the events in the previous episode. This is kind of where it becomes a little bit of a mind fudge. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll watch, my, watch my language here. <laughs> um, <laughs> but 
but of course, you know, we talked about the cabin before, how that doesn't exist. You know, he, right. he said he went there with his wife. His wife fell over the edge. He goes back there, and it's sunk in the 70s. Right. So obviously, it kind of lends credence to this whole thing that this has all been happening in his mind. And, you know, Dr. Hartman tries to bring clarity to that by saying, you know, you've been here the whole time. You've been making up this story just to kind of overcome the grief. Mm-hmm. Um, I never liked the Hartman character. I think, though, he kind of becomes a – he goes from being what could be an interesting kind of side character to just becoming a stock villain. Yeah. Yeah, he's sort of generic at this point. You're right. Yeah. So you kind of learn throughout this episode. I guess why they call it the truth, you kind of learn the truth about, you know, not everything is what it seems. I mean, you're constantly being twisted around here, and you learn that, you know, Harbin has been using him. And, you know, he kidnapped him. I think he kidnapped Alan's agent. I forget his name. Barry. Yeah. Barry, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then at the end, you know, the taking kind of overtake everything. He brings him to a lodge, and it's just, again, it feels like kind of rinse and repeat. There's another kind of bait and switch that happens in this, but the ending, I have to say, I won't, I don't know if we're going to go into spoiler territory here, but... Oh, spoil away. Yeah, spoil away, yeah. That's where we're headed. So so at the end of it, yeah, I mean, Hartman, you don't really know what happens to him. It's never explicitly shown, but you can tell his character's out. Yeah, he's he's pretty toast, I would think. Um, And then... I kind of remember, too, because Alan, he walks out, and you can kind of tell he's happy with what he did. Yeah, oh, yeah, he grins, I think, yeah. <laughs> he does, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He grins at him, and it's like, because yep. he, he, clo- he traps him in a room with uh, the Taken. Yeah, that's it. So you never you don't know if he was killed, if he became one of them, but I don't know. It, it, it Harbin does feel kind of like that stock character where yeah. you don't know if you can trust him, and then predictably it turns out you can't. Yeah, and that's... That's essentially what his purpose is, is to is to put even a little doubt into the player, thinking maybe he is a doctor. And then, of course, it all comes down. But, yeah. But yes. Well, the thing, in, in psychological movies, he tend to realize that, or games for that matter, he tend to realize that the people who try to be the voices of the reason are the ones you can least trust. <laughs> Isn't that the right. truth? <laughs> yeah. So I thought that this episode is kind of where things... It really blurred the lines for me. Like, I knew it was kind of going back and forth between, okay, this could have happened, that could have happened. You don't really know. You don't. You come out knowing less in this episode. Right. That's what I find. And that's a good point, what you just said, because the people that you think you can trust are the ones you can't. And the ones you think <laughs> are crazy end up being the most helpful. And this is when you find out that also in this clinic are those two old guys, the two rock legends, mm-hmm. um, the Andersons. And this is, and they end up being the ones telling you more than anybody. They, they seem to know what's going on. You just think they're kooky and crazy at first. But mm-hmm. they're there and they're like, hey, listen, we know what's going on, essentially. If you head out to our farm, we we know that you'll find the answers to the things you're looking for or something like that. It, mm-hmm. it, sort of, it sort of tells you where to go. They become kind of like the prophetic characters. Yeah, the yeah, you're right. Yeah. And then the, the, the ones who are more straight and narrow become the ones you don't trust. And that's kind of where I think this, this, this episode, I think, was kind of one of the turning points early on in the game, for me at least. Because you come out just really not knowing what's happening. So you're like, okay, is this in his mind? Is this in reality? Is it a combination of both? Definitely, definitely. This is the, the episode that sort of puts the most doubt into you, for sure. Yeah, which I love. I mean, honestly, because a lot of games do follow kind of a predictable path, and yeah. they kind of lead the player through it. Alan Wake just kind of bends and twists, and that's what I like about it. That's kind of, yeah. I think this episode kind of personifies why I like the game so much. Yeah, this might be maybe my favorite episode, actually, the more you mentioned. Just walking around that clinic, you get mm-hmm. to interact with some, some really crazy people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and that's where and that's where you find the little Easter egg with the Xbox console with the Night Springs game. It's it's funny how that, that little insignificant oh. detail kind of stands out the most to me. Yeah, <laughs> I can't believe I missed that. Well, I think part of the the truth too is that this is where it's kind of revealed that the reason why you're at this lake is because of Doctor Hartman, right? Mm-hmm. You right. know, uh, he's obviously uh, taken over by the Dark Presence. And he's the one who convinced Alice to get you over here. Right. So the Dark Presence 
wanted you in this town for some reason. Right. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember at this point, do we know about Thomas Zane and Barbara or sorry, Thomas is it Zane? Yeah. And Barbara Jaeger yeah, or whatever. I think that's the next episode. Okay. Okay. The clicker and all that. And did Dr. Hartman treat Thomas, Tom back then? I don't think so. I okay. think Thomas Zane was a product of the seventies, right? It yeah, happened. Yeah. A I wasn't long sure how old Hartman ago. was. So yeah. I always wondered, but anyway, I couldn't remember. Um, but yeah, so you're in this clinic. You wake up, Doctor Hartman. You know, he tries to tell you you've been here the whole time. You're crazy. Um, you go and talk to the Andersons. They tell you about their farm, and then the Dark Presence shows up. Um, Alan finds Barry locked in a room. They get out right as Doctor Hartman gets destroyed, essentially by the the Dark Presence. So they get outside, and they're like, "Okay, let's head over to uh, to the Andersons' farm," which uh, ends up being probably my favorite scene in the game. The stage fight. And that's the stage fight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who wants to... Musty, why don't you tell us about the stage fight? Oh, the stage fight. <laughs> it was... Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. This is probably my favorite. This whole stretch, the farm, I think, in general, was probably my favorite stretch of the game. But the, the stage fight starts up. You you come up upon this. Uh, it lights up right at the moment that, you, that it comes into... The scene and there's a giant dragon on the front of it, uh, fire breathing dragon, um, and Barry's there playing DJ. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and yeah. and so you you have to defend that stage until is it until Barry can get something unlocked? I can't I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, what was Barry the... doing? I can't remember. He was doing something. What was it? I don't remember. I, 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 <laughs> but I, you have to defend the stage. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, you yeah, turned the lights on the stage, I think, and he, he was yeah, having was something. a time. Well, the taker were coming at him from all sides, so he had to use all the pyrotechnics. I mean, yeah. that scene is so right. Def Leppard. I love it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is this song? Can yeah. you guys hear it? Is that too loud? No, no, it's good. No, okay. it's good. I'll do it like that then. Um, but yeah, this is the song that's playing when you're on the stage, which is the Andersons' old rock song. You know what I mean? It's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I think I think my favorite part there. If you went out to the actual front, there's a little part of the stage that juts out. Um, that's the part where the the dragon's head is there. And if you can get the taken to sort of congregate there, you can get one really satisfying explosion moment, and it just takes out, just decimates a bunch of taken all at once. That's so um, cool. Yeah, it was it it was by far one of the one of the more action based sections of it, and it was just a lot of uh, yeah yeah. The music and everything was just extremely just about perfect. That's a good point too. The dragon. Yeah, it's a very arcadey moment uh, for the game, and it's just a nice little breather from all the heavy that the game has been uh, dousing on you for the entire you know for the entire game up until this point. So I think that's why it stands out as like a nice little light. Just just kill everything. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. humor. It's very humorous too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which it is. It's, it's kind of. It, it might feel out of place to some in the game because the game is so serious and so dark. But it's a moment of levity, I find. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But it still suits. It still fits. Like I, it is shocking how it works, um, and the fact that you have to use power techniques and, and the light from those power techniques are killing. Like that applies to the darkness. It was so cool. I, I liked how they actually did it. Mm-hmm. They did not need to include this in the game. Um, it's just a fine touch. I think. I, I love the music too. That <laughs> that Ozzy Osbourne uh, yes. <laughs> kind, of, kind of hair kind of hair metal sound. Yeah, yeah, I like wow. it. Yeah, it's great. The old Oops. gods of Asgard. I think was the name of their band. Right, right. <laughs> I think I think more Motley Crue actually. I'm listening to them like wow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah 
long. I was starting to get irritated though during that scene where I was att attacked by the Taken. I think probably because I died a few times. It was, was getting I was getting irritated at Barry. Shut up! <laughs> shut up! Shut up! I'm trying yeah. to focus here. I don't care. I don't care if you can't. You you just shut up. <laughs> I know. I know. Oh, I'm getting it. I'm 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 getting it. I'm I'm turning on the lights. Okay, I'm I've got it. Oh, I didn't get it. I don't care. Barry. Shut up. I'm finding a bigger cause here. Yep. You know? And it goes on for a while. Like there's a ton oh, yeah. of yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you and big guys. Like big big, yeah. big guys that don't you know, that, that you can't kill off with one shot, That's you right. know? Or, that actually, uh, um, you make a good point. We should talk a bit about the different weapons because your main weapon essentially is your flashlight and your revolver. Um, but there are other weapons. Um, the hunting rifle, I think. Yeah, flare guns, flashbangs. Yeah. And what were the two shotguns? There was pump action shotgun and just regular shotgun, I guess. It was like a double barrel, I think. Double barrel. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you only got two shots with the double barrel, and then the other upgrade gave you about eight shots. Yeah, that pump action shotgun was definitely my favorite. Um, Me too. I I like the hunting rifle. It oh. uh, you had to be more accurate with it, but mm -hmm. uh, it definitely did more damage, especially uh, for the big guys with the chainsaws and that. You can take them out with a couple of shots. Nice. If I were better at third person shooters, I'd probably be in your camp too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, not my forte, not my wheelhouse. Uh, third person. <laughs> well, another thing that they had too along the way, they had large. Um, it was like gas cans or something like that that you could shoot at. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and they would explode. Yeah. If if they were nearby, taken too. I like those yep. too. And I can't remember, were there uh, those standees where you could turn the light on and it was on for a minute on this stage? I can't remember. I know there's a there, was, there was a light in the middle that would come on intermittently when okay. Barry would do his thing. So right. that gave okay. you a little breather, let you regenerate your health. Gotcha. And then it was almost like a, a wave. You know, it was a wave of, of Taken yeah. that would come at you. You know, so you had a little breather in between waves. Let you recharge a bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah and they had, had those emergency boxes that you could open. There were two. There were two on that yeah. stage. There was a lot of ammo and stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. But yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, go on. I just wanted to mention, too, like, uh, you know, we were talking about how, like, there's little little sound cues in that, like, when the Taken are coming in that, not necessarily at this point, but just throughout the entire game. Mm -hmm. And it, that becomes very valuable, too, on the harder difficulties because you need that time to let your your batteries regenerate and your health regenerate too True. Mm -hmm. so you'd use those little lulls to just stop take a breather let everything come back and then yeah. could continue on yeah very well done the way that they set that up it's almost uh like an art form how they have it set up they almost know exactly how many batteries you're gonna need and yeah i can only imagine nightmare must have been tough nightmare must have been tough it, it wasn't that bad it wasn't okay. but uh, i don't know i'm he, <laughs> I'm not, I don't want to like say like you come off as sounding a little pompous, you know. Like saying, well, I didn't find it that hard, but you know, you put me at a Mega Man game and I I stink. So I, I don't know. I guess that's just yeah. That's like people, kind of that's people tease me about Dark Souls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, I love Dark Souls. That's another third person game. So yeah. I I don't know. I guess I'm just so good. I, I know <laughs> you can say it, Kevin. We know <laughs> you, because you can't you can't see me now, but I'm bowing at you. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy alright moving on <laughs> okay so you do this epic stage fight um, and then Alan at some point they go in and they find this record and it says find the lady of the light 
um, which they deduced is Cynthia Weaver, which if you remember from back at the diner, she was the one telling you not to go into the dark, essentially. Um, Alan and Barry spend the night on the farm, um, and they get drunk and pass out. Alan has dreams about what happened throughout the entire week that has been missing in his mind, and he realizes that he's been typing, or he typed up this manuscript in that cabin throughout that week um, before he then wrote into the story about how to get out of the cabin, and that's when he crashed his car. Um, so it kind of explains a little bit there, which is nice. Um, and that is how episode four ends. Anything should else anybody say, wants to mention? should say that uh, Cynthia Weaver, mm-hmm. relationship to the whole game, I guess she had a relationship with Thomas Zane. Right. Right. How did she know? Was she a fan? I can't remember. She was a lover, I think. Oh. Girlfriend, oh something like that. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, uh, lover. Is that like, right? She, yeah. Well, I... Think so. I, I, I I can't remember at what point in the in the game everything's revealed, but Thomas Zane is someone who went through what Alan Wake is going through right, right. now back in the 70s, and you're almost reliving the exact same story. Thomas Zane was a, a writer as well, mm-hmm. and Cynthia was a, was uh, his lover, and sh- and she survived. But Barbara uh, was it, his wife. Like, uh, how did was there an affair? Barbara, I think well, Barbara okay. was his wife, wasn't? It? I don't know. Maybe not. She has a different last name, so maybe not. I thought it was his wife that died, and then she became the darkness or something. But yeah, I don't know what the relationship is. Barbara Jagger, right? Jagger, yeah, right, right. Okay, so right, Barbara died, right, right? and after she died, he hooked up with this uh, okay. Cynthia Weaver girl who sense. believes I knows what Thomas Zane had went through, right, in the past. And Thomas, uh, well, we'll find out. Yeah, I guess here in the next hey, it's a, it's a, it's okay to move on after yeah. your spouse dies. Yeah. You know? oh, yeah. <laughs> Something wrong with that, but maybe she could <laughs> let go. I don't know. player too. <laughs> Moving on. All right, so episode five, the clicker. <laughs> so you wake up, um, and you're being arrested. Agent Nightingale found you. I don't know how, but he found you, and he's arresting you. Um, so you're in jail. You wake up in jail. Barry's then waking up as well. Um, Nightingale is outside your cell with Sheriff Breaker, and Nightingale is sort of taunting you. And he says he knows what's going on. He, uh, he's got some pages of the manuscript there. And he's like, and he quotes something. He says something. I doesn't remember what it was. It was like, uh, uh, I can't remember. He says something and then he's like, oh, wait, that sounds familiar. And then he remembers that was in the manuscript because it's exactly what he said he, in the manuscript that he would right, say. Right, and then right. the Dark Presence shows up and, and destroys him and pulls him out of the room, which is what he read in the manuscript. And yeah. you can see the horror on his face that he realizes what's about to happen. It's a pretty cool scene. Um so yeah, Sheriff Breaker then is like, oh, um, you know, I guess you were right about the Dark Presence. I'm going to let you out of here now. Let's him out, gives him a bunch of guns and ammo and stuff and says, let's get to the helicopter. Um, you're running through the streets. Anybody have anything to mention about this part? It's kind of a short spot. Not really. Okay, you get to the helicopter. Uh, this is the scene, another scene where they're getting the helicopter prepped and ready to go and you have to defend... The helicopter, essentially. It's kind of like the stage. Um, this is yep. when you have the option of turning on those uh, standee lights. Um, but it's very similar to the stage, just not as epic. Uh, you do that fight. Then you get on the, hel- uh, the helicopter. You start flying towards the power station where they say Cynthia is living, essentially. Um, yeah. They get on over there. The helicopter starts to shake because of the dark presence. Alan falls out. Mm-hmm. You know, typical. He has to then run through the woods to get to the power station. Rinse and repeat. Um, and that's when they meet up with Cynthia. Um, Cynthia tells them about the well-lit room. 
Uh, who remembers the well-lit room? Because that's where we're at now. Who wants to describe that to uh, Musty? Musty, you. Sure. So <laughs> the well-lit room was sort of like a vault, and there were a number of, for lack of a better term, Christmas lights yeah. strung up. Um, and she, uh, I, Cynthia was meticulous in making sure that all the bulbs were always lit. Uh, and she had had them down to number because she made a comment about how a couple of them needed to be replaced soon. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it's it's her place where there is zero darkness ever um, to be sort of safe from uh, from Barbara and from the dark, dark presence. presence in general. Yeah. Right. So this just goes to show, like, it's proof that Cynthia knows exactly what's going on. She's been dealing with this since the 70s. It's just insanity. And she is sort of relieved to finally be able to pass this on to Alan. Because um, she was told by Tom, you know, this might happen again. I need you to have this set up in case it happens. And now she knows she can finally pass this on and sort of let it go. Um, and in this room, uh, which is, uh, as Mesty described, full of lights, they find a, uh, a page written by Tom. Um and yeah, who wants? Does anybody remember what the page said? Clicker. Yeah, it had talks about clicker. Right, which kind of got brought up earlier too in a scene where uh, Alan was. Oh, well, that's something else I forgot to mention. There are scenes throughout the game where it has Alan and Alice back in their apartment in New York. Right. Um, yeah. it's, it's sort of like a two months before or whatever, or a year before, um, which I thought was kind of cool. It sort of gave them more of a backstory. It made them more real, I think. Um. And during one of these scenes, uh, Alice is talking about her fear of darkness. And Alan says, I used to have that same fear. My mother gave me this clicker when I was younger. You can use this. And it makes it makes all the darkness go away. Um, so, somehow... Click- yeah. yeah, go ahead, Sarah. The, the, the clicker um, is essentially just a light switch. Yeah. An yeah. old light switch. That's yeah. all it is. It's not hooked up to anything. It's just no. a switch. Yeah. <laughs> looks like it was on an old lamp or something and someone yeah. cut it off and, <laughs> mm-hmm. and yeah and and somehow tom has mentioned this clicker in this page which was written in the 70s um so this is when it gets kind of really twisted and strange um yeah so alan realizes what's going on he knows he needs to take this clicker and go deal with stuff uh and that's sort of how episode five ends um yeah what did ever, anybody have any thoughts on this right now no. <laughs> when I was going through it, I was like, I don't, I still couldn't piece it together. And I was like, I can't wait for them to wrap all this together. Mm-hmm. It's all going to make sense. There was one confrontation that was sort of in a warehouse. You'd, you'd gotten into it and you, yep. there's a radio right there and you fire up the radio. Yeah. And just as that happens, you get sort of inundated. Um, that was, that was one of those moments where I, I had, lit a flare just as that happened and I got this weird kind of sweeping camera motion oh. around Alan. It was almost trailer-esque. Cool. Because he, <laughs> he had the music in the background and this was, it, it sort of, yeah, it sort of swept around. It wasn't, I don't think I was doing it myself, but it just huh. it kind of zoomed in almost into the like light of the flare and it was really That's kind cool. of poignant and then I ran for my life. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. That's a neat... It's funny when little things like that happen, and next time you play, you'll probably never be able to do that again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. I remember that scene too. Yeah. What, so yeah. you got written here. Okay, so Alan decides that he needs to take the clicker, and yeah. he needs to jump in the lake with the clicker. Yeah. 
Why? Why did he need to do that? I can't remember. I don't. I don't know. That's that's okay. what I was trying to piece together. Well, see, yeah, I the, the couldn't. Little, the quickest guess... thing kind of lost. That's where kind of the story kind of lost me a little bit. Me is too. I didn't. I know that it was something that uh, he conjured up when he was younger that mm -hmm. would combat the darkness. Yeah. So I think he was taking that to incorporate it into the story, right? Yes, yeah. And he thought, since the darkness is coming from the lake, I must need to take it there, I guess. Okay. Uh, I, okay. I don't know. <laughs> they were posting <laughs> it together. I think, yeah. I think that sounds right. Sounds good. At, at that point, did he believe that Alice was being imprisoned and that maybe that clicker was the way to banish the prison? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Was that yeah. Like he he knew that he could – this whole thing is to save Alice, right? Yes. Yeah. And uh, – he like he knows that at this point that what he conjures up actually happens. So this is part of him conjuring this stuff up, making this stuff up as he goes in order to save Alice. Right. All right. So we all okay. We're all on the same page here. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I still don't know how did Tom know about the clicker. Um. How did he write about it back in the seventies? Okay. So I thought. Okay. I thought that the the clicker was Thomas's invention. Maybe. You're saying it's Alan's invention? Well, Alan had it as a child, like it was given to him by his mother, um, and but Tom wrote about wrote about it. So I don't is Tom Allen's dad? <laughs> no, <don't>, no. <laughs> don't maybe, no I, I, this might not be it, but maybe his mother read Thomas Zane. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, reference could be. in, in oh, one okay. of his books, maybe? I don't I like know. It. So, no, and, that's and, it. Uh, <laughs> We're going no, with I, that. I don't know. I don't know, eh? Like, I don't know if that's right, but maybe she she was a Thomas Sane fan, and like she it. read about it in one of his books, and Alan was going through something when he was a kid, afraid of the dark, and yeah. she's like, here's a clicker. It's magic. Just yeah, try, it works. You know, Trust me. I, I like that. And, um, and you know. Because yeah. there's definitely a hole here. There's definitely a gap that uh, yeah. I don't know if they left it purposely, purposely obtuse or if it just got missed. I don't know. But um, that's what happens. <laughs> Alan's like, all right, I got the clicker now. And that's the end of episode five, the clicker. All right. So now we're moving on to episode six, departure. This is the final episode in the game. Mm -hmm. um, also, did anybody think, um, like, what was their longest episode for people? I think it was either two or three for me. I can't remember. But I felt like they got a lot shorter as time went on. Yeah, I agree. Well, they got more focused, I think. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's what it is. Um, because I remember blowing through these last few chapters. But the, maybe first few, just... the first few were the setup, I think. And then the, the other ones, you kind of breeze through them because they're a lot more action heavy. Yeah, I suppose that's true. Yeah. That's true. Okay. So episode six starts up the departure. Alan uh, essentially tells him to stay in the well-lit room. He actually holds a gun on them to make sure they don't follow him. Um, and he leaves them in there where they, he knows they'll be safe. He gets in his car and he starts headed out to Cauldron Lake. During this time, it's completely sun shining out. Um, he goes into a tunnel and then it's nighttime now. Like, it was strange. I don't, there was no really explanation. He didn't get drugged and, you know, it, it wasn't something practical. Um, but also during this scene, uh, you come up, I think it's a, a bridge with a ton of possessed objects. We should talk a minute about possessed objects too. Probably my least favorite enemy oh yeah those things mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> i'll second that yeah okay so essentially what it is is any inanimate object can suddenly become taken by the dark presence mm -hmm. um and it sort of rises up and, and launches at you you point your flashlight on it or or some sort of flashbang and to defeat them um yeah what did you guys think about the possessed objects 
It, it was annoying. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> it annoyed the shit out of me, I'll be honest. Yeah. No, yeah. oh, I didn't like them. Especially on that bridge. And oh, the bridge. Uh, it wasn't just yes. it wasn't just the possessed objects. Uh, there were parts of the bridge that were possessed themselves. True. And if you uh you know, they would bounce those possessed objects off of that mm-hmm. and it would they would hit you. Yeah. And if you shot a lot a light onto them, uh, they could create um, uh, broken spaces in, in those bridges, and oh, yes. you could drop down into the drink. <laughs> yep. And I definitely did a few times. Yeah. I got knocked into it a few times too. Yeah, well, with those possessed objects, they they knock you into yeah. you know into the drink, and you could die. Uh, that's happened a few times for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I hear you. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, um, probably the most frustrating part of the game. My opinion, but yeah. I'm, I'm I'm glad I wasn't the only one that felt that way. <laughs> yeah, that was that was one of the more more checkpoint heavy having to go back. Um, oh yeah, stretches. yeah, Absolutely. yeah. You, you you drop into the into the drink, and it would um it would bring you take you right back to all a all different spot. You'd yeah. have to fight that whole thing all over again. And so frustrating. So frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> and then at the at the end of that stretch, you had that um, was it a was it a cherry picker or was it a was it a digger type? Yeah, like a, it had a boom or something on it. Yeah, and that was pretty ruthless as well. It was. Um, oh, it's it's one of those. It, it's for picking up logs. It's a cloth. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, on, yeah. Putting them onto. Trucks. It was just smash, smash, smash. Yeah, if you weren't prepared for it, like the first time yeah. you were there, you yeah. just get oh, decimated. Yeah. No, I totally, totally came around the corner and started shining the light on this yeah. thing that wasn't moving. Then all of a sudden, it starts moving, and you're like, "Ah, oh, that's it, I'm done." Done. Yeah. <laughs> on, on, on nightmare mode, the 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 most difficult parts were were the tractor, mm-hmm. the first time, oh, the yes. first tractor. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Uh, because there was there was taken. I, I don't was that on the easier levels too. Yeah, there were a bunch there of taken. Yes. Probably there not as many pain. though. But yeah. So you had to like balance that uh, apart with when the stuff, when the inanimate objects become possessed, when you're under, you're kind of like under a bridge. It's like a railroad bridge and it okay. kind of traps you in there. Yeah. And they, and the stuff just bounces around in that room and <laughs> it takes you out. And then the, the third part was, was the bridge in that level. Yeah. And you had to creep forward, like just yeah. creep forward ever so slowly, wait for one thing to get possessed, move back and like try to take it out from a yeah. distance. And right. yeah. Got, took me a while to get through that. I hear you, and that was unless, on normal. Unless, uh, <laughs> and, and you had to take them out because yeah. if yes. if you yep. didn't, if you didn't, like they'd bounce around, yeah, yeah. dodge them, yep. they go behind you, and then they'd they'd bean you. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 right I did try. I did try running right through I, there, and it I did, did not too. Work. No yeah. luck. No, it <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, that's probably the most memorable part of the last chapter. Uh, just because it was so frustrating. So eventually you do get through all that. Um, and there is a gigantic uh, twister, I guess you could say. Um, sort of preventing you from getting... Oh wait, no, is that later on? Is that before you get to the lake? The gigantic uh, twister that you had to shoot the flares into? You, the, you get the words part first. That's right? first. Okay, so you get yeah, to the yeah. lake. Um, you jump in with the clicker. You click and you come into this world of uh, darkness. It's just completely black. The only no, thing I you... just sorry to interrupt. I just no, I looked up what the clicker is, and okay. we are uh, very warranted in being confused because okay. even the people who do the Wikipedia page are confused. <laughs> so okay. the clicker is 
uh, a page that's narrated by the voice of Thomas Zane, mm -hmm. but it also contains elements of Alan's childhood, suggesting Zane had an influence in creating Alan's life with his writing. Wow. Although this is refuted by Zane in the writer DLC. Huh. So everyone, everyone is confused. So we're, we're good. Okay. Okay. So he sort of wrote Alan into existence? Like he wrote a... He, he wrote part, parts of Alan's life into okay. existence. That's cool. I yeah. like that. Yeah. I, don't, I don't like that it's refuted in further, further DLC, but I like no, it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's, right. That's cool. I like that. Okay. So, uh, Alan dives into this uh, lake, turns his clicker on, he's in a world of darkness now. The only thing that you can see are these uh, written text words. Um, you flash your light on them, say it says lamppost it becomes a lamppost if it says phone it becomes a telephone booth um and that's sort of how you light the path to get to bird's leg cabin again so you get to the cabin um you go inside and barbara is there and just to we should probably explain more about barbara barbara is the darkness it was created from tom zane's book um very similar to what alan had done but tom created this darkness um and Tom tried not, to kill Barbara. Not intentionally. Not, not intentionally. intentionally. No, not intentionally. So he tried to kill Barbara and he ripped her, her heart out, um, but it didn't work. So when Alan gets to this cabin and Barbara's there, there's a big hole in her chest where her heart should be. Um, does anybody remember this scene? Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the camera goes behind Barbara and you can see Alan through the hole in yeah, her body. Yeah, yeah. Pretty cool. So yeah. um, Alan puts the clicker in her chest where the heart would be, clicks it on. She gets full of light and sort of blows up, essentially, right? Um, so he goes running upstairs, and uh, that's when he finds the typewriter. And it's got the last page of the manuscript there, and this is when he types out the story. Um, so that's when it goes into the ending scene. Is that correct? Did I miss anything? Yeah, uh, well, at this point, too, Alan kind of pieces together that the reason why Thomas Zane wasn't successful in getting rid of uh, the darkness and, mm -hmm. and having a happy ending is that he tried to write a happy ending. And right. the, the darkness requires <laughs> a soul. It requires yeah. something to keep living. So he couldn't. So Alan realizes that he can't write a happy ending, right. but he can write that uh, Alice will, be, will, will survive and Alan will take her place. Yes. So Alice lives, and Alan is now kind of dead, kind of stuck in the darkness. <laughs> yeah. So it ends with Alice sort of swimming up over the lake, and she calls Alan's name. Um, and then it shows some scenes around the town. Everybody's celebrating Deer Fest, which is going on right now in, uh, in Bright Falls. It shows uh, Rose. She's holding Cynthia's lantern. Um, and apparently, I didn't notice this, but I looked it up online. Nightingale, I guess, is in behind her. And it's sort of her dark presence now. Um, oh. I, I didn't see it. I never even noticed it. But that's what I read online. Um, so she might be the next, you know, person living through this. It's kind of strange. Um, kind of cool. Uh, but yeah. And Alan is still in the cabin at the very, very end. And the, the darkness is still on the windows. You can see it. And he says something. And it's, what does he say? It's it, I, I, I spelled it wrong there. It's not a lake. It's an ocean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's not a lake, it's an ocean. Does anybody know what that means? Well, Alan can still uh, manifest anything, like anything that he writes will still happen, right? Right, right. So he's like, okay, let's say that this isn't a lake, let's say it's an ocean, let's open this thing up okay. so I can find a way to get out of here. Okay, okay, cool. That's, so, that was my interpretation of it. I anyway. like that. 
like so his so his writer's block is is uh broken then right right yeah ah. and that's short of him saying that without saying it. i like that cool now what did you guys think of the ending i i personally was very satisfied with it but a lot of people were i angry. was i was not um talking about it now i actually do like it a little more now that we've cleared some things up um what you just said about clearing up it's not a lake it's an ocean that was the most frustrating thing for me is I didn't know what he was talking about. Um, yeah, me too. It's it was, a bit cryptic, yeah. Yeah, it's it is, so yeah. up to your interpretation, I suppose. Um, mm-hmm. But I like how you put it. I like that. Well, um, I like those kind of endings. I like it when they leave it up to the the watcher, the okay. viewer, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Well, that, that's, um, that's typical of stories like that, too. I mean, the, the whole game is kind of... Sh- it's, it's, it's veiled in ambiguity in many ways. So I think the ending kind of suits it. And, you know, getting to the ending, it's always the journey for me more than the destination. So right. I, wasn't, I wasn't really let down by the ending. I mean, it was left kind of open-ended. And I think maybe, you know, it's not a lake, it's an ocean. It can be interpreted many different ways. Right. I mean, right. a lake is a limited body of water, whereas an ocean is a vast expanse. So, you know, what, what could we extrapolate from that in terms of where the story could go? I was on... Um... It was the Wikia or whatever for Alan, Alan Wake. And it had said that, <clears throat> sorry, at the very end, you can hear Alice saying, Alan, wake up. Did anybody hear this? I don't remember that. Yeah, me neither. Because I waited right to the very end. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently there was three dots just to show that it, it was going to continue. But that's what it said on the Wikia. And yeah, I, that would make... A whole new meaning for all of this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if it was a dream, so that's what I like. We don't know. Yeah, yes. I think you know it's a game that pretty much mind fucks you at every turn. So I think the ending just kind of it leaves it off at that. I mean, obviously the DLC would expand upon that, and any subsequent entries would maybe elaborate a little bit more. But I don't know. I, I was satisfied with the ending. It served its purpose. Yeah, uh, you know what? It's very ambiguous. It makes for good uh, discussion, no doubt about it, um, which I can appreciate for sure. But mm-hmm. I do like finality, and if there was an Alan Wake 2, I think it would solve all of this, um, but but who knows. I, I, I'm i okay with how it is right now, but I wouldn't mind seeing Alan either A, get out, or die. <laughs> I want one of the two. <laughs> something, something that wraps it up, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Kevin, don't say yeah. anything about the Dark Tower, because I don't want any spoilers. <laughs> no, I, I won't say a darn thing. It's... Okay. All right. I'm not saying a word. Not okay. <laughs> Okay. For me, I one one of the things, and we I guess we hadn't hadn't hit this yet. The uh, the musical breaks between episodes, I, I thought were all really fitting, okay. and I made a point of sitting through the entire song each time just to kind of catch my breath, but also to just listen to the music. and And I think the the ending was pinpointed so well with David Bowie, mm-hmm. and that I maybe it's just timing uh you know but it was kind of it was kind of like a moving moment hmm. for me nice um and i really i really kind of like i thought that was really fitting for the end um and it's, and it's, it's, and it's nice because yeah. yeah and and because because playing through because i played the the signal dlc as well and okay. and then they go back through the credits again which was kind of a nice a nice opportunity to, to hear that again without having to play through the entire game uh, actually why don't you tell us a little bit about i, I didn't play any of the dlc um <sighs> is there anything explained is there anything we should know about the dlc it was it was really kind of uh, obtuse a little bit for me okay. i i and i'm i really am having a hard time 
remembering all of that. That was kind okay. of that that last last push okay. for me. I'll, um, I'll say what the DLC does is it establishes where Alan is now. What happened to Alan? What is what's going on with him? Yeah. So he is stuck in this darkness now, okay. and he's trying to find a way uh, out. Okay. And the cool part is, is that now the game really gets kind of crazy. Like you got all those words and stuff like that. And you can just throw yeah. anything at, at you now. There's uh-huh. no, like the, the, the core game itself is kind of centered in some form yeah, of reality. you're balancing on reality and yeah. Right. Whereas this just, anything can happen. Okay. And, and, and it's, the, le- the yeah, levels like, are shifting and there's parts where like huh. the, it's becoming unstable and the ground, you know, like there's earthquakes happening in the middle of so, the... He's yeah, it's, sort of written himself out, and now it's him living that. Is that? He's chasing. He's chasing a, a GPS signal, um, which he's hoping I think is going to give him some more answers. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. That's the signal, is it? The GPS. Okay. Yeah. That, yeah. That's the signal. Um, he's like Sam in Quantum Leap. He's trying to find a way home. I have to watch that. Okay. There's. <laughs> oh boy. Any, anyone who is uh, over the age of thirty-five got that reference. Totally. Uh, right. Never watched it. Never seen oh, it. Oh, come on. <laughs> right. We're loading up the PBR full of quantum leap. Oh, so how about um the writer and what is it, American Nightmare? Are those all separate? American Nightmare is a standalone episode. It's not actually DLC for the first game. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of it's it's kind of more of, of Alan in the darkness. It's like a what if. Like if Alan uh if the darkness threw him into Arizona or something like that. Oh, okay. So it's just another story, but he's still in the cabin kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I, okay. I guess. Like, they don't really mention the cabin or anything like that. It's, they don't mention uh, Alice even, I don't think, eh? Yeah. No. It's like, uh, so anyone who hasn't played the core Alan Wake game could still download that, play it, not uh, have okay. any of the original games spoiled for them at all. Okay, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. It, it's completely standalone, and I think okay. it, it, it's a lot more, there's a lot more dark humor in American Nightmare mm-hmm. than there was in the original Alan Wake. I mean, that, that's what stood out to me immediately. I think I've seen some screenshots of it. It looked like it has a lot more weirder creatures and stuff in it. It has weirder creatures, and it's kind of interesting because Alan Wake, he kind of plays the hero and the villain in it. Oh. Yeah. In, in a very indirect kind of way, though. You have to see it to kind of understand it. But that's... He's, Sorry, go ahead. He's kind of being taunted by himself throughout the whole episode. It's not a very long one. I think it's like three hours long. Yeah. Okay. So it's not it's not a fully fleshed out game, but it definitely takes him in a different direction because it takes place in the Arizona desert. Oh, okay. But Weird. it contains most <laughs> of the same gameplay. So, I mean, the, the gameplay will feel familiar if you played the original, but okay. the story and kind of the spinoff characters, I mean, it has Barry from the original. Oh, Barry's but in that, it. okay. But, but that's like one of the only real connections that I found. Okay. Maybe I'll check it out then. Um... That's another thing I wanted to bring up that you just mentioned. In Alan Wake, the game we just played, there is two Alans at one point. Um, one has the scar on his head and one doesn't. Um, I don't really know what the two Alans were. I know one was supposed to be like rational and one was supposed to be... Yeah, good and bad. Okay. You know, conflicted within himself. Yeah. Okay. When? Why did it... I don't even know why it showed us that. Like... <laughs> There's so many things I, I just thought they just put in just because. And I was just like, I don't know why, but I'm sure it all makes sense to someone. Okay. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay so um, Musty just brought up a good point, the soundtrack. Um, I actually really liked it. thought it was great. Um, is there anything that stood out other than uh, what Musty just said? Anybody else have anything that... Uh... Just, just that it was like modern tracks. You know, it was like... 
uh, the the you know when you're playing the game, it's the uh, orchestra stuff and all yes, that and creepy yes. and sounding. But to break it up uh, with like a modern song like that you would get at the end of um, you know Breaking Bad or something like yeah. that, it made it feel <laughs> like as if it gave it that HBO show kind of vibe. Yeah, definitely. It had Depeche Mode. I think that was at one of them. Um, oh, and really? then I didn't even hear that. David Bowie and one of my favorite bands, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. I think they were at the episode of, at the end of episode three or four. Nice. But they had a, they had a real. They had a, yeah, Poe was on there. Um, Roy Orbison, I think, was in the first episode. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Cool. So they, and they Harry were, Nielsen. Nielsen Schmielsen. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> and in, in American Nightmare, they also do the same thing. One of my favorite indie bands in the UK is called Kasabian, and they have a song that's very prominently featured in there. Oh, very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely unique. Um, doesn't happen that often where you hear modern tunes like that in video games, which at least games like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like any other thoughts on the soundtrack before we uh, move on. I really like the uh, it's oral cues. I guess you could say you know yeah. um, the drum roll when you've reached a, a you know checkpoint. Yeah, uh, yeah, good point. I like the uh, um, crescendo of a violin to sig- yep. symbolize, you know, a taken or close by yep. or, you know, um, I, I just, I, I liked, I like those cues. I That's feel I point. need those cues in my life, my personal life. <laughs> um, awesome. So having them in a game, having them in a game is, uh, you know, I thought it was prime. Yeah. So I, I enjoyed them. Some people might think that, you know, it makes the game easy. But for me, you know, easier. Some don't feel they need that. It, the game needs that. I appreciated it, and I yeah. liked that. I, I I think if the game had been any longer, I would I would be in that same boat. But the, it's short enough that it doesn't get stagnant. Because, um, like I said before, you are doing the same fights over and over again. But even at the end of the game, I was having fun putting the flashlight on them and shooting them. I can see where we get old and I can see where the sound effects would give it away, but mm. it doesn't, it's not long enough for that to really happen for me. And, and like you said, I think the sound effects were spot on, like, especially when you toss a flashbang out. It's such a rewarding sound. Like, yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Definitely. definitely agree. Yeah. Um, how about the graphics too? Um, really eerie, really atmospheric. Um, well, yeah. Were there any parts in particular that scared anybody um, that stood out to you? That were uh, really scary. Just the fact it's at night. Uh, (laughs) It's at night. I mean, yeah. yeah, And being lost in the forest, um, it uh, really, it reminded me of being at the camp, you know, or at nighttime. Yeah. (laughs) Having to walk to the outhouse. I'm sure Kevin could could identify with that, you know, without a light. Um, I just used the nearest tree. (laughs) <laughs> you know, you know camp, where I'm, I'm from, I'm a Northern Ontario girl and, mm-hmm. you know, we have cottages up there. We call them camps. Um, yeah. but, uh, you know, walking to the, the outhouse without a light, um, <laughs> it being dark, sitting, sitting, uh, overlooking the lake. Um, I, I used to go to a friend's camp, um, where you'd have to travel by boat to get to. And um, often you're walking outside in the dark to the outhouse in the middle of the night, you know, oh my gosh. with a flashlight. So that that sort of thing, <laughs> sort sort of reminded me of that, you know, with the hemlocks, um, the pine trees, mm-hmm. um, 
using the the light of the moon um and yeah. being a somebody who really likes um likes weather i i like to study the weather i like huh. to uh, i like severe weather i not that i like it but i like to observe it that's interesting actually you know and um uh tornadoes tornadoes and uh thunderstorms i love that stuff hmm. this really this game really brought that out in me too i you know you're being immersed in this game where you're having to travel in the forest mm-hmm. and get your bearings um while this thunderstorm is is developing um and what a pinnacle of a game <laughs> right at the end where you the the end boss is this humongous tornado yeah, yeah. i mean wow <laughs> i was like this is right in your wow, wheelhouse this, this is awesome <laughs> you know yeah uh, that, that that's for me you know like i that that's one of the reasons why i i love this game so much um yeah that's i don't know if it had that that effect for other people but that's what it did for it, me it did i mean the, the environment and the atmosphere is really what makes the game unique yeah. and especially because everything in the game feels haunted and creepy like especially at night because if you've seen any horror movie that takes place in the woods you know the foggy woods at night yeah it, you you want to be somewhere else so so obviously it's one of those games that you know it really Im- imbues that atmosphere and I, I thought it was actually for me the the best part of it those tree effects and and the bushes and everything like it was so good i can see why they used it throughout the whole game because it was spot on like you couldn't have a better scenery than that they really pushed i guess the 360 graphics right to the limit had to have been because mm-hmm. the lighting effects amazing amazing well, the flashlight effects too. Like, I mean, when you have oh, the, yeah. the flashlights sparking off the enemies, it's like a circular saw going over metal. I mean, it's yeah. it, it's really jarring. Yeah, yeah. Really I will say, I will say a couple things to nitpick about it. Uh, I thought the lip sync was off a bit during yeah. some scenes. Oh yeah, Agreed. big time. Um, I thought they could they could have done a better job with that. And Alan Wake never changes his coat. He's even admitted into a psychiatric ward. He's still wearing that. <laughs> I never thought of that. I'm a writer with uh, patches on my elbows coat. Yeah, yeah. You know, those little touches like that would have been nice to see him mix it up a bit. But really, it was, wasn't was really anything that took you out of the game too much. No, that's a good point. I never even thought of that. Now I will. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Okay. I, I like to ruin things for people. That's, that's okay. what I do. For one one of the things that stood out to me, I think, is the enemy design and the way that they look. And 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 I had read into this a little bit. And and one thing I'd heard is that they had done the concept art for the lumberjacks and the you know, and then they put water on it and sort of gave it that that smeared inkiness oh, to it. Love um, it. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty. Yeah. And I and, and I think they did a nice job too, like you said, with the environment and the fogginess. Um, you know, you didn't have to worry about a lot of draw distance. Um, you could really kind of take advantage of really boosting the power, uh, you know, and putting the graphics really heavy uh, close up, uh, and it really came through nicely. I. I I enjoyed it quite a bit. <laughs> I can understand that. Trying to think how to wrap that up. <laughs> no, I was blown away at how good this game looked. Um, I thought it was, I, guess, I mean, 2010? For 2010, mm-hmm. it looks amazing. I think it looks, I think it aged very well. I don't know if the darkness helps with that or or what it is, but it just looks really, really well done. Mm-hmm. I think it speaks to Remedy, who takes a long, long time to make their games, but they, yep. they do put a lot of polish in there and... Yeah. They do it that's right. the result. That's what you get. Good yeah. quality games. 
let them take their time then if it's going to come out like this. Um, yeah. Did um, anyone turn on the closed captioning when they were playing yeah. the game? I usually do, yeah. I did, yeah. I did not. Because no, the, very, the first, first run through of the game, I didn't even know that was an option. Mm-hmm. And I found I was scared like crazy (laughs) but the second run through because i have more experience with these games i knew that there was um that option and i turned on the closed captioning and i wasn't as you know horrified this round with the taken because i could actually read what Ah, it was that they were saying i never thought of that um because i would read say sorry sorry. I was just—they say a lot of silly things too. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, they do talking about their jobs and stuff like that. Um, right. Yeah. I always read the bottom, and I was reading things that I did not hear. Like some things you couldn't make out. So it would be a completely different experience if I didn't completely. read that. Completely. If you really want the full, full on, you know, uh, terrific experience of yeah. this game, you leave that closed captioning off because. When you're hearing them, you know, you take two pills in the morning and, yeah, you, yeah. you know, and it's like, what the, what are you talking about? You <laughs> yeah, know, like it's yeah. a bunch of nonsense, but I'm telling you when you're, when you're playing the game and you're, you know, running through that maze, that, that, uh, you know, bush maze mm-hmm. and you're hearing that voice, you, it really, really can startle you. Yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. I never thought about it. That would yeah. be a whole new experience for sure. I, I I make a point of turning the closed captioning on uh, anyways now whenever I play a game because often I don't understand what they're – I can't make out what they're saying. Same here, it's, same here. Yeah. So uh, – but that's that's the one thing that I I, I discovered this, this run through. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Nightmare with old subtitles I think is the way to do it. <laughs> yep, definitely. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we pretty much went through it all. Let's (laughs) get to our lasting impressions then. So with this last part here, we're just going to say your lasting impressions, your overall thoughts, and would you recommend this to somebody still to play today? Um, We'll just start with – Kevin, we'll just start with you. I would absolutely recommend this. I would recommend the DLC. Uh, I would recommend, like, if you are pretty good at third-person shooters, to up that difficulty. Don't be afraid to do it. Stay away from the – Stupid collecting and, uh, <laughs> right. and j- you know, don't worry about achievements or anything. Just enjoy the story because there are there were a lot of dumb achievements too. Like you got to get through this part in a certain amount of time and all oh, that really? stuff. Mm. So just ignore all that stuff and enjoy the story. And I also would recommend highly American Nightmare too. I had a blast playing that as well. Um, it's more arcadey. It's like Ben was saying, a lot of dark humor. It's not exactly the same. So maybe if you enjoyed Alan Wake, really for the story. And we're hoping for more story. You might be a little disappointed, but if you liked the action in Alan Wake, like the uh, stage scene in that, and you're just looking for more of that, then American Nightmare is uh, definitely definitely something you should check out. Um, it does have a bit of a story, though. You're stuck in like this time loop thing, and uh, it, it's kind of it's kind of cool. It's kind of a little bit of fourth dimensional stuff happening in that game where like. You go through the story once, and then so Alan kind of knows what happens the next time around. So he kind of just 
okay, instead of doing all these steps, I'm just going to go here and I'm going to turn this on right away, huh, you know, cool. kind of thing. So it's kind of neat like that. And, uh, that is cool, huh? Yeah, it's it's definitely a good experience. It's, I think it's only 10 bucks, so it's definitely worth uh, picking up. Cool. I like it. I like it a lot. So thumbs up for me, recommending it all. I'm giving the camera a thumbs up. That's a high recommendation. Right yeah. Kevin has not steered us astray. <laughs> uh, well, okay. you know, I, you guys, like, I we didn't actually talk about it, but you guys asked me to recommend a 360 game, an exclusive 360 game. Right. And I did suggest Halo and um, a Gears of War game, but I was really pushing for Alan Wake because I know that the club is very story, like they like their story-driven games. Yeah. And I thought this one would fit the club uh, best. Yeah, I think you nailed it for sure, for sure. Thank All you. right. Ben, how about you, Ben? What's uh, what was your overall impressions, and would you still recommend this to players today? Absolutely, I think um, Alan Wake's. I, I played it six years ago, and most games in this generation, I tend to play and forget. You know, you you go from one game to the other to the other, and none of them really stand out as memorable. Um, I'd say Alan Wake is one of the anomalies. I mean, it's a very good story-driven shooter, um, really tight gameplay mechanics, very solid. Uh, I, I don't know. Like for for me, it's just one of those games that I I can go back to and have fun with it. Yeah, definitely. definitely. And it, that's rare because most games, you know, you play it, you beat it, you've gotten everything the game has to offer. Alan Wake, it's very atmospheric, it's very tense, and I'm a big Twin Peaks and Twilight Zone fan. So the little nods and little in jokes that they have to that are, are what sold it to me extra. And I would also agree that you know, American Nightmare is a very good spinoff to get. It's more arcadey, it's definitely more action heavy, but it definitely takes the best qualities of Alan Wake and it, it, it retains them. I would say. Sounds good. I like it. And that's a great point about, especially last generation, there were so many games that you could just play and forget. But this one, I can definitely see standing out. Six years later, you're still talking about it, essentially. So, yeah. That's, that's pretty and, cool. and I can remember it, too. And that, that, to me, is very surprising because most games, and let's face it, most story-driven games, they're more action-heavy and they tend to be more focused on multiplayer and they're more kind of, you, you take it and leave it. But I think with Alan Wake, it's one of those games that kind of resonates with you. And you can go back to it years later and still get a lot out of it. Um, especially with most games where there's cliffhangers or there's twists and turns. Yeah. You, once you've discovered it, you've experienced everything there is to see. But I think with Alan Wake, you go back to it every so often and it's just, it's a fun experience. Yeah, the gameplay is fun enough that you could just pick it up. I can play it again right now. It's it's good. Yeah, and I definitely do plan. I was planning to actually replay it before we did this podcast. I didn't have the chance to do it, but I think that's going to be the next game I add to my queue. Um, and if anyone wants to get Alan Wake, it's really cheap on the Xbox 360. Mm-hmm. And you can often get it on Steam, packaged with American Nightmare during the Steam sales, which oh, seem to happen cool. every couple months. So That's cool. That's a good package. Yeah, the opportunities are definitely there. So I do highly recommend it. I'm impressed that it was six years ago that you played this and you're still able to talk about it so much. That, that speaks <laughs> yeah. volumes, I guess. <laughs> well, I think I, I think I talked about it so much at the time and kind of interesting. When I was first on All Gen Gamers, it was episode 24. That oh, was really? the first, That's the first time I guessed it on there. It's been that long. <laughs> it, yeah, I think it was 2010 or 2011 I was on wow. there. And uh, that was my game of the year for 2010. Holy mm. crap. Cool, cool. All right. Uh, Musty, your overall impressions, my man. And would you still recommend this? Uh, yes, I, I would absolutely recommend it. And being my first playthrough, I'm I'm looking forward to letting it uh, letting it settle for a little bit, and maybe coming back to it in a few months. Um, I think one of the things that I would say for people who are on the fence about playing it, maybe those people who are afraid of thriller type games or survival horror. I mean, one one of the things I want to mention is this is sort of classified as horror, but I don't know that it follows your standard horror yeah i, yeah, I would, no. you know yeah. i wouldn't say it's survival horror i would say this is a third person shooter that 
has some jump scares and can be creepy. Yeah. It has a creepy it's atmosphere. Thrilling, yeah. thrilling it's moments. Suspenseful like third-person yeah. shooter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I feel like the the tension was good, and I, and and I feel like for people who maybe that the you know there's no gore. Um, yeah. I I think I think it's 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 a really great showcase uh, for you know a uh, mid year release for the for the 360 you know they, we, they were really kind of hitting on all cylinders at that point and um it definitely fits the remedy mold and i and I, I you know this actually got me more excited for quantum break than i than i than i was up to this point and so i'm i'm probably going to pick that up now now that i've seen uh awesome. alan wake so i highly recommend it um I could only echo what what you guys have said so far. And actually, that's a good point because Quantum Break wasn't even on my radar, but now after playing this, I'm, yeah. it's definitely on my radar. Absolutely. Oh, so, Absolutely. So, when are you grabbing your Xbox One there? Oh, uh, it's oh, it's an Xbox One exclusive. Of course, yes. Or it's gonna PC, be it's gonna be it's gonna be on PC. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, he won't he won't get PC because he'll only be able yeah. to download it on PC. I'll be getting my it's Xbox a- One when it's sixty dollars. <laughs> So Which get ready for, for Quantum Break in 2026. <laughs> 2026, we'll be here <laughs> <right>. talking about it. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll be tweeting about it when I get it, so you can live vicariously through that. <laughs> Sounds good. There you yeah, go. Club of the Month, uh, May 2026. <laughs> yeah. Tw- Twitch that bad boy. So uh, P2 yeah, can actually, live that's through that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Sarah, your lasting impressions. <laughs> <laughs> Run, don't walk <laughs> to the store and buy this game. Awesome. I, um, it's one of my favorite games of all time. Right. I haven't found anything comparable, and I would highly recommend it. I think, uh, you know, if you're into these uh, shooter games and you like to be scared a little bit, if you want the full experience with atmosphere, music, a little bit of creep mm-hmm. mixed in, I think that this is the game for you. And um, I look forward to a sequel. And I mean a bona fide sequel. I don't mean yeah. American Nightmare. Mm-hmm. <laughs> me too, me too. I agree. I love how much that you actually love this game too because it just goes to show, like Sarah doesn't play survival horror games all the time. Anybody can go and pick this game up and enjoy it and, and Sarah is proof of that. Put, so. put the light on if you have to. <laughs> yeah, don't be afraid to put the light on. That's right. Don't be afraid of that overhead light if you need it. Put on all the lights. I mean, first run through, I did I did do that. Second one, I was okay. Um, but yeah, like uh don't be uh don't be afraid to put on that light <laughs> for sure for sure it was like yeah. the second time a group comes at you um it was super dark and scary i had all the lights up and my cat jumped up on the back of my sofa and scared the crap out of me <laughs> the light the light did go on after that i'm not gonna lie <laughs> so i was pretty jumpy yeah yeah all right yeah. okay so i guess we take a minute here to get into our uh three-word reviews we put it up on twitter for all the club members to submit their three-word reviews who are playing along this month um Let's see here. All right, first up, we have uh, the Mighty Q-Dog. And he put Makes Heart Race. Yeah, I think yeah. that sums it up very well. It's a good mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Pam has Where's My Gun. Yeah. I think she <laughs> meant in real life, too. <laughs> a little jumpy. <laughs> uh, Floyd Leach says More Barry Wheeler. Yeah, I like Barry, too. Did anybody not like Barry? I found uh, his, you know... I found 
his dialogue a little bit um, irritating. Yeah. He could get grading, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, single banana. He put wow, flashlight sizzles, and that graphic is pretty amazing. Uh, start to continue. Bill said, uh, "What product placement?" Question mark. Because I don't know if you guys yeah. noticed. <laughs> Did you guys? Were you guys getting an itch in the buy a Verizon phone? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or how yeah. about some Energizer batteries? Oh my yeah. gosh, so many yeah. Energizer batteries. <laughs> yeah. What else was there? there? Was a ton. I know it's had the Sync thing for Microsoft. The very first scene had Microsoft Sync for their car, like uh, uh-huh. thing. Yeah. And that car was a 2010 Ford MKT, I think. <laughs> wow, it, it well, stuck with you. Go. That is yeah. good marketing. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, lots of product placement. <laughs> All right. Um, Yoshi, Yoshi Knuckles says, shut up, Alan. He did not like Alan's uh, narrative. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh. See, he's, he's one of them, right? <laughs> There's a few out there. Um, and then Yoshi's friend uh, gave us a three-word review because he doesn't go on Twitter. Um, he's from Georgia. Anyway, he said, where's the gore? Which is a good point. Most survival horrors at least has some gore. No gore in this game. Uh, you don't need it. I don't. Nah, uh, I like this. This is more of a thriller. Thing. Like it wasn't like yeah. a like yeah. a torture porn kind of game, like uh, <laughs> The Evil Within, for example. Right, so. right. Gore fest. Yeah, this one was just nice. Yeah. Uh, Rocket Sauce says voted for Gears, <laughs> <laughs> but he did later on say he did like the game, so he was just yeah. joking around. But anyway, um, my brother P one miss him. He said still playing Xenoblade. So. Poor Sean. He does not have access. Um, player one. Okay. Not player one, I mean, yeah. All right, yeah. <laughs> uh, Duke says defend the stage. Definitely a highlight of the yeah. game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Darren from Gaming Pilgrimage said so many thermoses. Collecting <laughs> <laughs> yep. in. Yeah. Uh, Vintage, he says, who's Alan Wake? I'm not sure he understood what was going on. Because the game was, the game was made after 1982. That's, what, that's yeah. what it was. They threw him off. He didn't know what was going on. Um, and I think that's it. We can get to ours now. I, Steven had one, but he didn't put hashtag 3WR. Um, so I don't know where it is. Uh, sorry, Steven. I'll look for it. <laughs> um, so, Kevin, why don't you give us your three-word review? Well, uh, I'm going to start something here because I, I don't do three-word reviews anymore. No? Why not? Nope. Well, I, I did a I did a bunch for uh, Gunstar Heroes, I had there was there was a nice little narrative in there. Like it was kind of it was kind. I'm not going to say it was great, but there was nope, like a little wasn't. bit of a Seinfeld esque, you know, three little stories, and they all came together on the last oh, one. Boy, you know, yeah. Yep. And uh, no, you guys wouldn't uh, read them. So no, no, you only get one, and I said, okay, fine, that's the rule. You only get one. One next month, Steven Eider. Oh, I got twenty. <laughs> Curtis. Oh, I'm I'm writing dirty ones in in the in the type. In, in the chat, Wait, Liam, Liam last oh. month for near he had like thirteen for for uh, uh, did, Kanye yeah. there alone. What what is this? Yeah. What is this? Yeah. So that's it. Okay, uh, Sarah, three word review. Uh, <laughs> three word reviews, and I'm Kevin, going, you gotta give us one. Nope, going home. <laughs> All right, splash bangs. All right, yeah, she Sarah had a nice one. All ready to go. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. You're welcome. <laughs> what a good guest. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm a host. We'll come back to Ken. Well, yeah, you're right. <laughs> we'll come back to your co-host later. Uh, ben, let's hear those, your three, three word those, review. Those fucking birds. Ah, good oh, one. Oh, good yeah, one. Appropriate. <laughs> All right, Musty, you're up. I'm going with uh, Sam Lake's best. 
Oh, nice, nice. Ooh. Wow, yes. did he do Quantum Break? I'm curious about that. Well, I don't then know. I will rewrite my three-word review at that point. <laughs> 2026, <laughs> we'll ask you again. There we go. <laughs> All right, uh, Kevin, we're back to you, man. We need one. Nope. We need... Still not doing it. All right, nope. well, I don't, I don't I, have one. I either. hate P2. How's that? For oh, my gosh. Oh, shots yeah, fired. we'll take it. We'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> it's locked in now. You only get one. <laughs> I'll t- that's my one, then. All right, all right. Um, I put um, nothing because I didn't think ahead, <laughs> but um, it surprised me. That's what I'm going to put. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I didn't think, yeah, it surprised me for sure. Um, Stephen had one. I know he did, but uh, I don't. I can't find it here. Sam Lake is writing Quantum Break, or has written Quantum Break. Oh wow! There you go. Speaking of Sam Lake, you guys uh, watched that uh, interview that um, Alan Wake was having. It was that show. Yes. Yes. They were interviewing Alan Wake and Sam Lake. Ah! No way. That was the other guy. That was that the other was guy. The other yeah. guy. <laughs> oh, cool, cool. I well, like and it. then they they modeled his like Max Payne was modeled after Sam Lake, uh, and so the they they asked him to do the face at the end, and that was oh, the Max Payne face. Oh, that's what it is. Oh my that's gosh, worlds are colliding. I love it. It's the it's the remedyception. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love that they tied that in. I didn't even know about it. <laughs> cool. Very cool. All right. Well, I guess that's it then. Um. Yeah, let's take a minute to thank all of our guests. Um, Kevin, thank you, yeah. my friend, for oh, thank you for thank co-hosting. You, for having... you uh, you're always a great co-host. It's been a long time since Star Tropics. <laughs> was that uh, the last one I was on? No, I think I the was... last one you co-hosted. I think. Oh, okay, right, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was pre-Retro uh, Fandango, so I wasn't as polished as Holy I am crap. now. That's pre-Retro Fandango? That's yeah, it? that oh, was wow. like a, two or three months before Retro Fandango. Well, you were a natural, my man. Yeah. You, uh, you make it very easy. Um, I'm something. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you uh, plug? Let everybody know where you are. Oh, I'm right here on this thing, whatever this is, this channel, this yeah. Cartridge Club. Just go to the cartridgeclub.org. Look up uh, <laughs> Retro Fandango. Look up uh, Buried on Mars. That's my YouTube yeah. channel. Yeah. That's that's where everything lives. Where can people find your three-word reviews? Uh, right here. <laughs> and I'll give you one again. No, I'm good. I... <laughs> we got enough. That's... We got enough. We're good. All right. Well, I only get one, right? That's okay. right. That's well, just right. to remind you what my review was, it's I hate P2. Now, P2, is that technically two words? I don't I don't know. I'm, I'm combining it as one. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. If, if you want to do that, hate P2. How's that? <laughs> I like it a lot. Or, I'm going to have a lot or, of time editing all this out. Or P2 hate. Hashtag hate P2. <laughs> it's going to be a new hashtag. hashtag. It's going to trend. Let's, let, let's, let's get go that with... trending. Let's get that trending. <laughs> hashtag P2 hate. There we go. Well, anyway, I still loved having you here. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I get a ton of anxiety before I do a podcast, but knowing you were on, I felt much more comfortable. Oh, um, wow. Well, so thank I guess you. that says a lot. All right. I guess um, P2 like. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you only get one. It's all right. <laughs> You okay. Locked in the hate, you can't go back. That's wow. right. That's right. Next month. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, Sarah, let's hear. Um, where pe- can people find you? Tell us about your blog. I I have a little blog on WordPress. It's mm-hmm. called Caught Me Gaming. So it's CaughtMeGaming.wordpress.com. I'm also on Twitter. 
Um, Sarka Sim. That's S-A-R-C-A underscore S-I-M. I tried looking up some Sarka Sims on uh, Skype before we started. None of them were you. <laughs> no, no. I got a lot of a weird friend requests out right now. Yeah, I, I, I have a different handle on uh, Skype. It's my actual name. So, um, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> what uh, can we read on uh, Caught Me Gaming? What are the big uh, articles? I just uh, posted one. Uh, yesterday that was about my experience going to uh, gaming swap meets most recently I went to uh, the Barry Game Exchange last Sunday and it's basically uh, me writing about how I've developed a way of enjoying these swap meets because (laughs) before I'd go in totally blind without any focus and Kevin has shown me the way that it's best to go in with a list, mm-hmm. with some knowledge, so that I can enjoy my time being among people that smell and <laughs> sweat. <laughs> how, how high was the neckbeard ratio? That's what I mean. Ooh, that, it was pretty high. <laughs> I think, I think high. the neckbeards are catching on to the neckbeard thing and are starting to shave the neckbeards. Ah, they always shine through, though. We don't. Yeah. <laughs> you can hide it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the ZZ Top beards, though, are really making yeah. it these days, you know. Really? Uh, yeah. Really? Huh. Yeah, and they don't get washed. So <laughs> that, that's my next target, people. Uh, you know, when you go to these things, make sure you you soap, you brush your teeth, <laughs> Some sad you advice. shampoo, and shampoo that beard, okay? Yes, yes. You can tell... Or at least comb the Cheeto dust out of it. <laughs> well, you can tell where some people stop for breakfast. Oh, there's a little bit of uh, egg waffle oh, in that one. Oh, a little God, bit of egg yeah. McMuffin in that one. Yeah. You, you went to IHOP, I can tell. IHOP, <laughs> yeah. There's a half a pancake, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clean shirt, clean shorts, clean underwear, clean beard, Papi Sarah. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. Very game was exchange. Her, was her thesis. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I love the Pac-Man mug, too. So, uh, Thank you. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, those sounds that. like you had a good time. That's good. I did. I did. Uh, okay, Musty, Musty Hobbit. Where can people find you, my man? Yeah, so I have a YouTube channel I've been doing for about six months now. Uh, I do not have a custom URL, so it is if you just search for Musty Hobbit, you'll find it. Yeah. Uh, mostly, I'm doing different flavors of pickup videos right now. Um, I'm primarily collecting original Xbox, and then I have. Some very focused lists for Nintendo and Super Nintendo that I'm that I'm focusing on. Um, you can also find me on uh, Twitter at Musty Hobbit and Instagram as well. Although I usually link the two, so most of my pictures end up getting posted to Twitter, anyways. So now, feel Musty, free to you're yeah. collecting like the the top 100 yeah. uh, Super Nintendo games. From Correct. the IGN's list, and wasn't there someone that got really upset with you for doing it that way? I wouldn't say upset. I think he he his opinion was, and I think I think he was operating off of incomplete information because he was like, "Well, if you're only going to collect those, and you're just listening to what this one news outlet has said, then you're not really learning for yourself." And and to me, I said, you know. I used to collect whatever I could find, and then I found myself overspending, or I found myself just buying to buy and not having focus and having goals. And so I've, I find that with collecting 
I'm very goal motivated. I need to have mile markers. I need to have things to shoot for. And so whittling myself down to, okay, I'm going to look for these hundred right now. That's what I'm going to get. Um, and then I've got some plans to look at maybe the black box titles or 10 yen titles um, after that. Uh, but mm-hmm. I want to try and at least say that, hey, look, here's here's what this reputable or to some people not so reputable news outlet uh, has said is the best 100 NES games. And, and there's a lot on there that I have never played, so I'm looking forward to trying some of those out. Um, yeah, I just got Load Runner, which I've never played before, mm-hmm. and that, that actually is, is, is a lot of fun so far. Mm-hmm. Um, but eventually I'd like to get into doing, you know, small reviews or something like that, first impression type things, because I, you know, with some of these, especially the Super Nintendo, I didn't have one when I was young. So it wow. was, this is an entirely, it's a new library that I've been collecting for for a year and a half or so. And so That's I awesome. uh, have a lot of, a lot, a lot of learning to do. <laughs> it's good it to have to that, that focus. And it makes for a good video too, knocking down that hundred. I think it's good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that's interesting. It's an interesting way to do it. I think. And yeah. Yeah. You're a lot more level headed than me. I would have told that guy to fuck off. And <laughs> who, are you, who are you to tell me how to collect? Yeah. Really. Well, yeah. And I, I, I get what he's saying. He's got a good point. And yes, you know, maybe I should put the side games that I have with my, with my main games, but um, you know, those aren't final shelves that like the fun, you know, I will probably be rebuilding shelves at right, some point. Yeah. And so it, it, you know, yeah. You're doing a good thing. There, Rusty. Don't worry about that. I yeah, appreciate that. That, that makes me feel good. <laughs> 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 okay. Ben, where can people find you? Okay. The best place to connect with me is on Twitter. Um, advance warning though. You have to have a very high tolerance. <laughs> <laughs> patience for, uh, required. Patience required. <laughs> sense for of humor required. Sense of humor yeah. Tolerance for randomness and just inappropriate content. That's my stock and trade on Twitter. Um, <laughs> the handle is at browland1, so that's B-R-O-W-L-A-N-D with the numeral one at the end. Um, I also do host two podcasts, or co-host, I should say. Um, one of them is The Rad Rascals. Um, that's at Rad Rascals on Twitter. And then All Gen Gamers, which is just at All Gen Gamers. Uh, we're currently on a bit of a hiatus, but we do hope to be back soon. So uh, definitely some good content to look forward to there. Definitely, definitely. And love both those podcasts, so uh, definitely keep it up for sure. I remember when you were a guest on All Gen Gamers way back when, and they used to call you Broland, and I just thought that was like your handle, Broland. I was like, oh. It, it's more a testament to my lack of originality with the Twitter handle. So <laughs> it's, it's my first initial last name with a numeral one at the end. I mean, I, I wasn't really thinking clearly when I set it up. I probably would have been more inventive had I restarted now. But yeah, it just became Broland, and that's just kind of caught on. Yeah, I like it, I like it. And Sexy Ben, of course. You can't forget that right. handle. Yeah, I, I owe that to Mel, Mr. Mel Jesus Rocks gave me that moniker, and uh, I have to say, it just kind of stuck. Yeah, it, it's catchy for sure. It works. <laughs> yeah, not a bad nickname to have. <laughs> Ironic, considering Sexy is the farthest thing I'm from. Oh, I, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. All right. Uh, Let's, uh, is there anything else anybody wants to say before I close it out? Uh, nope. Let me get this uh, going here. Thanks for having me. Oh, well, thanks for being here. Thanks, everyone. If it's you are uh, at all interested in this club, head on over to www.cartridgeclub.org, where next month we are playing God Hand. Yeah. Ooh, should be intense. Hopefully it's another sleeper hit. I don't think I'm going to like it, but we'll see. <laughs> really? Yeah, I'm not sold on it. Then again, I I'm not that proud of your optimism. So, yeah. That's have what I like tra- about you, this season. Have you started playing it at all? Nope, haven't touched it. Haven't touched it. 
the white yeah. pixie shape. Okay, well, I'll get, we'll get it. <laughs> it just looks like a third person beat him up or something like that, and I just, I'm not feeling it. I don't like, uh, dialogue doesn't look good. But hey, I'm going to be super surprised, and I'm going to love it just like Alan Wake. Okay. <laughs> I'm hoping, I'm hoping. Well, you'll find out next month. But yeah. Well, thanks again for everybody for being here, and thanks again, Kevin, for co-hosting. Uh, once again, if you guys are interested, head on over to www.pressureclub.org. And that's it for us. See you guys. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. That's it. We're done. Yeah. Cool. Fade the music out. Now, before we go, go um, can you help me think of a, a name for the, the podcast? So oh, Fox look at this. You're, you're not just going to call it uh, Alan Wake? No, we have these two words that has to have podcast in it. Wake Otherwise, is, last month's word would have been podcast. Wake up and smell the flashbangs. <laughs> yeah. It has to be, like, it has to have Alan Wake somehow introduced with it and also podcast. Any ideas? That's tough. <laughs> I know. Wait, so there's Alan Wake podcast. Because yeah. if, you, if you went Alan Wake American Nightcast, like, that would be one way to get there, but that's wow. not the game we're playing. That is good, but we're not. But that would have been good. Like, Replicast would have been awesome. <laughs> <laughs>